Kipling, Annapolis Center, do you have any test operation in restricted area 2508? Aries 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31, continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra right, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Matt Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney with a show we have for you tonight. But first, girls, I'm sorry, I have to be the one to tell you. You won't need your fan. You won't need your big box clinics. Uh, your... What is it? Your wipes, your, uh, you know, all that stuff. Because uh, very famous one one is not here tonight. Well, not here. Sorry, I can hear size all around the globe. He's uh, in Manchester, UK, seeing the Hollywood vampires. Okay. Hollywood vampires are Joe Perry, Vera Smith, Alice Cooper, and Johnny Depp. And uh, they're supposed to really uh, kick ass. So we'll await a report, a review from J.J., not here tonight. Also, no cocoa tonight. Sorry, Mill Skills and Gigi Gills. Out saving the world, as usual. However, our national correspondent is here, Switchblade Steve Ward, down there in West Virginia. Uh, great to be here. Somewhere. Yeah, okay. Uh, you said down here in West Virginia. I was waiting for the other shooting. I, I couldn't think of, uh, what am I going to say? You know, fried egg, West Virginia, we've used that. Rept- reptilian, West Virginia, <laughs> that'd be a little harsh. So. No, we don't allow reptilians down okay. here. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, that's what they fought the war about. So anyway, um, Switch, everything okay with you? Uh, yeah, knees Rose? healing up pretty good. Okay, good. Uh, also here is our security chief, Willie Club, WC. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing great, Mac, but I'm really feeling the pressure tonight with oh. J.J. not here. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Did you say what, he was going out to try to get the uh, King's autograph or something? Something. He's going to wait at the stage I, door I and, you know, knowing him, you well, know. He'll give whatever I'm it doing takes. good, but I'm I'm a little nervous. It's, okay, it's asking a lot, I think, of the rest of us. Well, with the club, I got this. It's a pain. well. I was just <laughs> going to say, you know, I I can see down the corner here that, that we got Switchy. Switch, you look a little different tonight. Yeah, he has a little. There's a little bit. A little grooming has been going on, right, Switch? It's something. Yeah, the, the beard was getting a little bit crazy, so I. Uh... Oh, I thought he just, no, I thought he just shaved it. Your nose. I got, maybe. Oh, nose. maybe it's the beard. <laughs> it's not eyeliner, is it? Okay. Anyway. No, I don't we weren't supposed to talk about my nose job. Okay. It's a little blurry, whatever it is. Okay. It's your face. That voice you hear is Uncle Al, the kitty's pal. Al Ronaldo, you have old mechanic in the uh, studio. Hi, Mac. Hello, everyone. How are the bees? Uh, you know, the bees are really taking it hard this year. It's been raining. It's oh, that's been right. Cold a lot of rain. Miserable. They don't like it. Don't worry. It'll get hot. Well, you're hot, but like what's happening, every time it rains, all the pollen washes off the yes. flowers and it hits the ground. Mm hmm. And they're not going to go to the ground to get it, so they got to wait till lazy bastards. Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. they're picky, okay. picky right. bees. So anyway, yeah, there were about ten of them eating my uh, geraniums today. By the way, if you know what I mean. There you go. Anyway, I thought you said they don't buzz the. Uh, they're pretty picky. They don't they generally don't like uh, things that aren't uh, wildflowers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I can see she's already yawning. It's our. Uh, <laughs> 
Our favorite good witch up there inside with Nick. Raven is with us. Raven, how are you? Hello, my friends. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Looking very Raven-y, if you know what I mean. You know? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Kind of like the good witch vibe, which is, you know what? You say so. Okay. I don't know. Well, I don't know what that means. Okay, I don't either. So, uh, how's things with you? Now, you're up in part of the world that's getting a lot of floods or no? Floods, heavy rains? Uh, <clears throat> typically, yes, but right now we haven't gotten anything. I was actually just visiting the areas that were getting all the floods. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, like we left and the next day everything flooded. It's astonishing. So, it's a, it's astonishing what is going on up there. You know, that's it's not good. Yeah, oh. I guess one there's been one reported death so far. Mm. And she was like young too. I think she was like in her early thirties. So it's like not it's yeah. not good news. Yeah, but, but all people's entire houses going by and the river going like about eighty miles an hour, and it's like mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah. that. But they dumped a lot of water there, so I guess that's the reason. Anyway, so um, we're all here, and um, we have a. Uh, Big show tonight. We're going to have um, Preston Dennett. Is that his name? Yes. Okay. Sounds like a a pen name to me or something. But anyway, he's going to be on. Good guy. He is an author of a lot of books, including, I think, UFOs at the Drive-In, right? Yes. Okay. Going to talk to him about that. Also, coming up at 7 o'clock is – oops, wait a minute. I'm going to cut that out. Also, coming up later on in the show uh, will be – I'm going to have you pronounce her name, Raven. Yes. Joining us later is going to be Veronica uh, on social media. She is known as Creepy History Class. Yes. So that should be fun. Yes. I had a couple Creepy History Classes, believe me, at Boston Tech. But you don't only know that if you're from Boston. So uh, anyway, uh, much probably to um, Club's displeasure, we have a top 10 list tonight. Top 10, Club. Well... You know, when we're shorthanded like this, we'll take anything. Okay, there you go. Wow. <laughs> Hang on a second. Please, someone tap dance while I get the uh, sound effects. I'm sure. Wow. That might take a while. He's digging. What is Do-do-do-do-do. He's digging. He's digging hard. There you go. There it is. Oh. It's hard getting that. It's hard getting that little guy out of the suitcase. That's what my date said. Whoa. Wow. Ow. Yeah, that loaded up. Okay, here we go. Um, so, please, Raven, what's the name of the top ten list tonight? This is called Top Ten Reasons Why Club Thinks Max Spent Two Weeks in Florida. Top Ten Reasons. We should say conspiracy theories by Club on why Mac went to Florida for two weeks. Is that about it? That's what you wrote me. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start the music here. And please, Raven, number 10. Number 10. To baste that lily white Irish skin to a crisp golden brown. Wow. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you look a little different. It, it didn't work, I don't think. <laughs> okay, please. Number nine. Yikes. Number nine. Uh, it was all a cover. He was over in the UK helping Juan Juan with his sticky teddy business. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. This could be short or long. Go ahead. Number uh, right. Uh, number eight. Uh, he just felt good in a place where everyone called him kid. Oh, that's hot as too. Especially where I was down there. Uh, um, go ahead. Number seven. Take it from me. If you go into a bar that has complimentary walkers, you're going to score. <laughs> 
Yes. It's true. Go, please, Raven. Number six. Uh, he heard there was 1.7 million alligators in Florida, and that just seemed like a lot. Turns out they were right. There are 1.7 million alligators in Florida. Think of that. It just think of that. They're prehistoric beasts for God's sakes. It's like Jurassic Park. And and not just there's um iguanas there that they're the size of like little dogs, man. They're running around and dropping in on stuff. Yeah, no thanks. So anyway, sorry. Florida. Okay, please, next. Number five, Publix Chicken. Say no more. Ooh, okay, now. You know about that it's club? The best. It's the best chicken. Isn't it the best fried chicken you've ever had? Yeah. Yep. Me too. Absolutely. What's it called again? Well, not the best, but it's very good. Very up there. Publix Markets. Publix. Okay. Yeah. It has like their a own chicken. Yeah. But they're one of the best supermarket chains in the country. Yeah. Well run, family business. Down in, yeah. And, and they're not a people. Nobody works there under age 75 or 80. Yeah, yeah. It's in, and you can tell they've been working there like their entire lives, which is actually a good, a good sign of a good place. But for, to get this chicken, at least in the place we get it down there, you have to come at a certain time. And there's a little red velvet rope, you know what I mean, that you stop at. And they put up the sign, you know, the next batch will be out at 350. And then you kind of wait there. And then some guy comes out and he lifts the velvet rope and he lets a certain amount. Of, it's like getting into Studio 54 Shut or something. Up. <laughs> Yep, so when they sold the chicken. <laughs> what are they like rotisserie chickens? It, no, it's it's um it's it's like really good Kentucky fried chicken. It's basically what it is. Okay. It's, it's, you know, it's fried chicken. It's southern fried chicken, and it's just there's something about it that they have to. And there's a line. You get in the oh crap, man. You know, you're gonna come back, and they don't have enough. But very good Publix chicken. So I'll say no more. Next, please, Raven. Uh, number four. Uh, you heard him yourself. He went down there for the deli. Ooh, I was supposed to talk about the deli before this. There's another place down there. I give a shout out to Flakovitz, New York Deli. Okay. I love that kind of food. You know what I mean? Corned beef sandwiches and pastrami. And, you know, we were the only glam in there, but it was really good and really, really good. Only <laughs> club got that reference. Uh, next, please. Uh, number three. Uh, he was told the Fountain of Youth was somewhere in Florida, not realizing it's a famous strip club in Miami. He was told the Fountain of Youth was somewhere in Florida, not knowing there's a famous strip club in Miami. Oh, he knew. Uh, he knew. Well, well, he found out. Uh, next, please, right? Uh, number two, um, his close, yeah, his close personal friend Bob Kraft told him where he could get a good massage cheap. Tug and oh, tug, yeah, tug. <laughs> Too soon? I heard that. <laughs> no tipping either. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, and I guess we're at number one, right? <laughs> yes, we are. Finally. Uh, the number one reason why Club Thinks Mac went to Florida. He wanted to be in a state where the governor looks like Shemp. Doesn't come on. Oh. No, come on, that guy looks just like Shemp. Come on. <clears throat> See, I thought number one was going to be because you wanted to meet Florida Man. Florida Man? Who's Florida Man? Florida Man's the guy in all the news things. They say, you know, a Florida Man did this. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Flor a Florida Man did this. Yeah, got the biggest catfish. Yeah, and or stuff. He, yeah. he jumped off a bridge and landed on a boat, you know. <laughs> Florida, Florida Man. Florida Man, okay, yeah. So I figured you were looking for him. Uh, no. To get no. him as a guest. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. if he's yeah, Like so. a reptilian. Right, right, okay, all right. Well, book him, Al. Do you know him personally? No, I was, I, was, him? I was trying to get Raven to find the woman. Oh, oh the reptilian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know Florida man because I haven't been down there in years. Okay. Good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it is uh, never say never. So why don't we do this? Um, I'm going to take a quick break now and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. 
Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But, in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super-terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney, on sale now on Amazon. show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Girls, no JJ. Gilfs, no Coco. But, Switchblade Steve Waters here. Switchy. Great to be here. Okay, our security chief, Willie Club, is also here. Yeah, it's really great to be here tonight, let me tell you. <laughs> wow, and, it, and it's still early. Uh, also, um, Uncle Al is with us, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic in the house. Hey, Mac. Hello, everyone. Okay. Um, I've already said hi to Switchy, so that leaves Raven. The best and last, Raven is with us. Our favorite good witch up there in Sideways now, where it is not raining off water. Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. So, you know, it's funny. We goof around a lot on the show, but we have a serious topic here uh, tonight. There is an individual uh, who um, has, for some reason, taken to um, giving Switch a hard time. Switch, do you want to do you want to just give us the thumbnail of what's going on? Yeah, a little, little recap. Um, He's, I'm, I'm hardly the only one he's uh, attacked. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got quite a reputation. Right. His name is Andy Colvin. We used to be friends, you know, at least on speaking terms. He's very much into the Mothman, John Keel, and that sort of thing. He's written several books. He's republished a lot of stuff. Uh, it's, uh, I, I know some of the things he has republished, uh, he had to stop publishing because he didn't have proper permission. And I got that, that, that from him. That's not to be surmising or guessing, but that's another story. The way this started to happen is I got pretty frustrated with some of the things he was publishing. And so I blocked him on Facebook because I knew I was going to start outing some of his shady publishing practices. And he published this one book, which is a very strange hybrid of the Mothman prophecies, where he took the 1991 edition and he didn't even change the, the publisher. There were like two different publishers in there. Oh. Uh, he changed the, the cover. Uh, it's just kind of bizarre. So I, I explained that to somebody that asked about it on online. And then I, I, you find he, he's doing all kinds of other bizarre things. He uh, He's promoting the uh, the Valiant Thor hoax. Valiant Thor mm -hmm. was supposed to be this guy from Venus and Dr. Frank Strange's. It was a hoax from way back. Mm -hmm. But Colvin pretends that these books are, are, are written by him. He, he changes. He republishes books and he changes things. Mm -hmm. Let me just... Uh, 
And, and so uh, it's a long story. But anyway, so I, I started uh, reviewing some of these books. Yes. Uh, not ad hominem, just matter of factly. This is factual. This shouldn't be here. And right. so forth. Go ahead. So then I was on a particular podcast I can't mention. And mm. Andy uh, viciously attacked the guy that mm. had me on. And went on this tirade about all these things about me that I... I hit on women that were half a century younger than me, which, if you do the math, would be 20-year-olds. Oh, uh, he did not uh, say whether or not I'd been successful. Uh, he said, I don't believe any of this stuff. And the only reason that I uh, follow John, uh, John Keel is because he's republished these books and made them affordable. I was reading John Keel off the stands 20 years before he discovered the Mothman prophecies. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was a long tirade of stuff that it was just he made up. Now, he, he knows me. He knows these things are untrue, mm -hmm. but he says them anyway. So I went back to reviewing some more of his books. So then recently I find out now I, I blocked him on Facebook. So several people told me some I know some I know through Facebook, but aren't friends that I have talked to one or one. Mm -hmm that he took another blast at me, okay? Another stream of consciousness, let's get Steve. He says, the reason that there's this rift between us, now he knows this goes back a few years when I started outing some of his publishing. Go ahead. Uh, and including, he, he published uh, one of Dr. Heinick's books, The hmm. UFO Experience, out of a clear blue. Amazing. The family came after him, slapped his hand. Yeah, that's, he, uh... he published one of Ingo uh, uh, Swan's books after he died. He had to stop that. Anyway, so recently, within the last couple of months, he claimed that I'm gay. I hit on him, I guess, at a Mothman festival. He rejected my, advan my, my advances, and that's why there's this rift between us. I, I saw the screenshot of this, too, so it wasn't uh, some delusion. I thought, holy cow. Mac, I have to you know, where, where, where do you get this crap? Uh, so, uh, And then recently, I, uh, we did a report on uh, flying saucers on the moon by Harold T. Wilkins. Now, he has republished his book. I have the original in my hand. I'll give you an example of the kind of crap he does. He added by Harold T. Wilkins and Carlos Allende. Oh. Yeah. Carlos Allende of the Varro edition of Jessup's uh, book, The UFO uh, Case for the UFO. Okay. The, the creator of the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, yes, yes. Man, man long dead. So he, he pretends that there's, he's written this uh, introduction by Carlos Allende, editor, 2022. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the so thing. He says, Go ahead. So he's been kind of trolling you and so on and so forth. Yes. And um, first of all, I'll say one thing is, you know, republishing stuff without permission, the publishers will come after you like the mob. Believe me, they put people in jail for that kind of stuff. Or... They sue them out of existence is, you know, usually what they do. He has, he's been getting under the, the radar. Some of his stuff, I'm sure, is legitimate. Uh, that we had, I can't mention this person's name, but we had another person on the show not too long ago. And, Matt, you heard this person and I talking off air. Okay. This person has also been viciously right. attacked by Andy Colvin. And right. he comes up with these wild conspiracy theories. He told some friends of mine a few years ago that I was undercover CIA. Oh, wow. So uh, That might be. Just, uh, they give you a bit of wig, though. Listen, let me just say one thing, though. Is I know this from Psychology 101. And this is the way it is. When people... Anyone accuses anyone of something, the chances are really good that the person making the accusation is, you know, somehow involved in that certain thing. You know, whether they're, who knows, who knows, right? But, you know, usually that's what happens. So when people just accuse you of stuff like that out of the blue, could be anything, uh, it's usually right. that which, it's, it's on their mind a lot. Which is so weird 
Sorry, right. Michael. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. I mean, it is weird. It, it's on their mind. They figure, well, if I can accuse them of it, then people won't think that I am, you know, whatever, right? But again, psychology right. 101. And, um, and I just want to say, too, is I think right now we should invite him on the show. And, um, you know, let's um, hear, I don't want to say his side of the story, but I would like for him to back up his claims. All right. What do you think of that? Al, what do you think? I think it's a great idea. Okay. You're the security chief, Willie. What do you think? I disagree. Oh. I wouldn't give him a, any a kind of notoriety. Okay, you have no. that. You have a point. I agree. Uh, no, I agree with that. He yeah. definitely, yeah, you definitely have a point. Okay, I'm no, going to say loser, I agree. And I wouldn't give him any recognition. Okay. And that's what you're giving him is recognition by doing that. He's, he's very cowardly. He's very good at uh, attacking people viciously Not, online mm -hmm. or on, on a radio. But when I he was at the Mothman Festival last year, and I saw him there, and I walked over toward him, and I was ready. I had the the checklist in my head: one, two, three, all the way up to about fifteen. Yes, yes. And he he just walked away. Yeah, he yeah. just wasn't going to deal well, with it. Well, that's that's what trolls do. Yep. That's that's absolute troll behavior. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that I agree because I would like to have a piece. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean I can. I can take this guy to the dump. Yep. That's for sure. Me too. I think we all could. He doesn't want to cross me because I I don't I don't care. In this corner. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but I don't think he ever agreed to come on. That's my thing. Probably no, not. I, I don't think so either. Yeah. However, uh, I did send something to our group chat, so we're going to talk about that off air. Okay. Um, all right. But. Interesting. All right. So anyway, well, okay. So, Switchy, you keep us updated on what's going on with this character. I, hey, I, I will, and I will. I'm going to keep uh, reviewing his books legitimately. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's, there's, uh, I could, I could regale you guys with stories about this guy and his strange behavior mm -hmm. and the way he interacts with people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of it's a little comical, and some of it's just kind of. Do you know uh, what he does for a living? Or nothing. He still lives in mom's basement. He, that, that pu publishing. He's doing a lot of publishing. I uh, uh -huh. I don't know what else he does except okay. uh, underground publishing. Publishes, yeah. flies. Well, he's going to publishes stolen books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I yeah. I really want, one thing I want to say. I've known Steve Ward now for yes, a long time, enough years. And you know, he came up for the Exeter UFO yes. Festival. We sat. We've sat down. Yes. With him and you know, as a group, and we've Go ahead. had a few drinks. We've we've done. And he is an exemplary gentleman. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never had an issue with him. I've never had a weird feeling from him. He's, he's been a great guy. And I, I really respect him yes. for his knowledge. So anyone that has anything bad to say about him, they mustn't really know the gentleman. That's all I can say. They have a lot to hide is what it is. I, no, I, feel well, I can the same say way. some bad things about him. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's among friends. Save them for Mac <laughs> after that. only involving his wig. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I think I got a great wig tonight. As far as we know. <laughs> I like it's it. Impressive. How do I do that? Yeah, it's just really weird. And it's like, okay, like, even if somebody was gay, who cares? Well, it's okay. Yeah, I know. Nobody it's, cares it's like, at this point. Yep. Like, right. calm down. Oh, he also suggested that when I was married that I may not have really been married. It may have been, I was just saying I was married as kind of a cover. So okay. I also want to ask, when he said I was hitting on these young women, yes. was that also a cover? Hitting on young women, pretending I'm, mm -hmm. I'm uh, heterosexual or whatever. <laughs> Once again, so, after dark, MAD. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this man is not well. No, um, just, but yeah, I want him on the show. Yeah, let, let's, let's just see. Well, I'm going to find him. Don't worry. We'll meet off here and talk about that. Yeah, so, I, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't uh, try to psychoanalyze this guy except yeah, to say that some of the, the outrageous stuff he says, I think he might believe. 
Well, that's yeah, that, that could be a problem. Yes. So. I'm so delusional. I'm a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. I went to www.licensedtherapist.com cool. and I got a certificate. Excellent. So I can actually analyze. <laughs> I can diagnose him. Right. So right. we can take care of that on air. We can we can cure him. Okay. Now with, we got with, something with going. Extra charge, right? <laughs> Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break now? And we'll be right back after this. You'll see Jim McMoney's Motorcycle Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hogs Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous One One, on sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show. It has already been, and there's more, 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 but first, girl, sorry. No, JJ tonight. He's in Manchester, England, uh, seeing the Hollywood vampires. Joe Perry, Johnny Depp, and Alice Cooper. We're awaiting his review. No Coco tonight. He's saving the world. However, Steve Ward is with us, our national correspondent down there in West Virginia. Switching. Great to be here tonight. Everything okay with you uh, so far? Uh, beyond wonderful. Yeah, that's what we want to like to hear. Also with us is our security chief, chief, our security chief, Willie Glove, WC. How you doing? You know, I'm wonderful, but I'm not beyond wonderful. Interesting. But, uh, okay. I'm wonderful right. enough. Well, there's wonderful enough. Also, good name for a book or something. Um, let's see now. Oh, Al Ronaldo is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. King B, right? King of the bees. King of the bees. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, UFO mechanic here in the studio with us. Thanks for joining us now. And Raven, thank you for joining us. Our favorite good witch up there in Sideways Neon, Raven. Isn't this? Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Do you have a bun or not? Is We can't tell. Yeah, there is one. It's really hot, and I'm getting my hair cut in a couple of days, and I just don't know uh-huh. what to do with it because it's. I haven't got my hair cut in almost a year. Hmm. It's really bad. Wow. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. Just try, I'm just trying my best right now. It's interesting. I'm getting my first haircut in a year, too, next Tuesday, as it turns out. So, wow. Y'all hair grows. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks for joining us, Raven. And also, our guest right now um, is uh, Preston Dennett. How are you? PD. Do people call you PD, Heather? Um, yeah, I've been called that. Oh, no. called worse, too. Okay. Yeah, doing pretty good. Okay. So, thanks uh, for joining us, Preston. Yeah, thanks a lot. 
You've been on uh, before, so you kind of know what it's like. Now, how many you're a UFO researcher and author? How many books have you written on the subject? I'm up to thirty, but that's going to be soon thirty-one and thirty-two. Mm-hmm. I'm working on thirty-three already. Wow, <laughs> it sucks, doesn't it? I mean, tell Holy everybody smokes. the truth. It's really terrible. Too. I've written as many books in what? Isn't it really just awful to sit down and start chapter one and go, oh no, not again? <laughs> hey, it's got. Good sides and bad sides. Oh, okay. I love it. You, know, you got to have fun. Uh, okay. Well, write to me and tell me how that fun thought works. Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, so what do you um, you have two books coming out soon? Uh, well, you never know. Mm-hmm. This is all glacially slow yeah, moving it yep. forward. But uh, I have a book on humanoid encounters. Okay. Excited about that. I'm going to put out another on an ongoing series of books that I'm putting out called uh, Not From Here. Mm-hmm. Volume five, and that's all about the really weird and unusual aspects of UFO encounters. Okay, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. So, so let's go to the humanoid one. What's the title of that going to be? Um, it's. I'm still working on it. I'm mm-hmm. kind of reluctant to release it because titles are so hard. And the instant you put one out, yep, other books start popping up with that title. Right, and it seems <laughs> so, to happen. Right. But, you know what I mean? So I'm still working on it. Okay, uh, but. Uh, what's the weirdest uh, what's the weirdest story in that what's the weirdest humanoid encounter that you encountered oh gosh um, well let me think for a second there's quite a few really interesting ones what, well let's define a humanoid first what how would you define <laughs> a humanoid well it's interesting because you know I do interview a lot of people who say that they've seen ETs or aliens or what have you mm-hmm. and yeah a humanoid is basically a bipedal Entity, mm-hmm. two hands, two, two arms, legs, a head, nose, mouth. Okay, not always a nose, I should say, but usually. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, in other words, it can be um, ET or the thing, as opposed to the blob. Right. Which okay. I really haven't gotten any blob accounts. Yeah, blobs. Huh? Knock on wood. You never, <laughs> never know. Never say never. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so where do these humanoids come from? Uh, do we know? Are they from somewhere else? Are they from our imagination? Where do they come from? Um, well, we don't know for sure. I mean, we don't have the proof, but I'm pretty sure that this is what we're dealing with. Our ETs in the classic sense, mm-hmm. people like us, biological beings from presumably other planets and uh, other star systems. I would say the Orion constellation comes up quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, that would be the most common but often they're very coy in their answers saying oh it's not important or you wouldn't understand or we come from a place you don't know about yet mm-hmm. uh, i don't think they're us from the future i've well, certainly heard i was going to ask you that i agree <laughs> yeah people speculate on that i'm like okay well show me the evidence where's the case and you can right. march out a few cases i think that support that scenario but you can support just about any scenario by marching out a few cases. What does the totality of the evidence show? Mm-hmm. I don't think it supports that theory. Right. So um, uh, do they ever hurt people? Do they ever kill people or eat them or anything? Not in my experience, not in yeah. my investigations. I mean, hurt is kind of a, a umbrella term. Sure. I will say that people do feel like they've had negative encounters for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people are very much traumatized and really afraid. And, but the worst I hear, honestly, is people being pulled on board, uh, put in a chair, perhaps, or on a table, undressed, and they're being physically examined. Whoa. Might have an instrument come down, and which could cause pain in some cases. 
And this terrifies people. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people absolutely interpret this. It's terrifying me. Yeah, it's a negative experience for them. Okay, so 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 people have actually said that that humanoids caused them to get on the dinner table, take all the clothes off, and be probed. Yeah, well, not the dinner table. I don't oh, think. I think that happened during Thanksgiving. Okay. We're talking inside a craft. Okay. All right. Yep. And and, and oh. what 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 you know what's the, what's the reason behind that? I mean, why would humanoids want to do that? Do we know? Yeah, it's certainly the most common experience that people report when they're taken on board, according to a number of studies, and that's what I've found. Mm-hmm. But as near as I can tell, it's largely health-related. It's a checkup. Uh, I did write a book called The Healing Power of UFOs, mm-hmm. and this is when a lot of people do get healed. So ultimately, that's what they're doing. It's a checkup. They might put an implant in you. Mm. They might you know, do take your vital signs, get blood samples, and so forth. Do they take uh, material? They take Blue Cross, you think? They should. No, no insurance needed. (laughs) It's even better. They don't give you any good drugs either. No. (laughs) No. There's always a downside. No, it's raw. They don't. Uh, They will, you know, relieve your pain. (laughs) Would you say that, um, you know, uh, Sasquatch Bigfoot is a humanoid? Yeah, definitely falls in that category for sure. And in Mothman, Mothman as well, right? I've never gotten any Mothman stories. I did get a couple of Owl Man. Oh, Owl Man. Okay, yes, Owl Man. It's Mothman's yeah, cousin. Similar. Uh, oh, huh. I, but yeah, I, I would presume that's a humanoid. Okay, but what uh, are they doing here? What I mean, what are the humanoids from other planets doing here? I mean, as, as you say, they give us checkups and stuff like that. But it seems like if they had the the knowledge to to come here from somewhere else, uh, no matter where it is, and walk among us and, and, and kind of do things to us, it seems like they would know in the snap of a finger how healthy we were, you know, and why would they care? It's like us pulling apart a fly. Maybe they're students yeah. or something. Well, you know? that is kind of the million-dollar question, but I think we have a pretty good handle on what their agenda is, their goals, uh, because people who are taken on board and aren't in a complete panic and are able to communicate with them beyond getting the message of, you know, don't be afraid, we won't hurt you, which is always what they say. Go ahead. They do get messages, and they fall into pretty much the same category. It's really warnings that people are being given. Mm-hmm. Warnings about nuclear proliferation, mm-hmm. pollution, our warlike ways, greed and corruption, the destruction of the environment. Mm-hmm. That is comes up all the time. I don't care what type of ET you're talking about. Right. Grays, praying mantis, uh, what have you. Tall whites, little blue beings. Well, These are all different types people often relate but yeah usually i'd say the agenda is largely to heal Mm -hmm. it's to warn people it is to wake them up to their own psychic abilities that's a pretty prominent pattern Mm -hmm. people who have contact do seem to have a lot of paranormal stuff going on when it comes to when it comes to those telling us that we should save ourselves and 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 do away with all those bad things i mean they're kind of uh, urinating into the wind as the kids say right because wouldn't it be better if they just landed like on the lawn of the White House and said and said the same thing? It's like, um, what's that movie? You know, the Michael Remy yeah. was in. You know, to even though that was kind of yeah, kind of hey, fascist. I'm ready to but, watch if our alien overlords come on down. I'm ready. Should, it's time. You know, uh, it's time. Real, please, <laughs> seriously. But no, they're not going to do that. People have asked. I mean, there was a case I investigated in Sedona, Arizona, where a couple was they say invited on board. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked flat out, where are you from? They said, we're from a place you don't know about yet. And they were healed. He was healed of a carpal tunnel syndrome mm. and a bad knee. Okay. 
And I asked, why don't you just come down and solve our problems? We've got so much we're dealing with. Yes. They said, we can't do that. It's up to you to solve your own problems. You got into this mess. You have to get yourselves out of it. Come on. That's just one example of many. Really? Yeah. Well, I hope they're right. I hope, uh, you know, I hope people do take them at their word. I think that um, we should be doing that anyway. And it just kind of sucks that the way that things are in this world, you know, I thought 10 years ago it was bad. I thought 20 years ago it was bad. Never thought it would be like this. Never thought it would be like this. We're like in a bad science fiction movie. And um, I don't know I don't know how it ends, you know. No, I think I think they fear us. They see uh, what we're doing to the earth and the wars and everything. They probably, uh, you know, purposely just want to keep their distance. Just, yeah, really. Who would who would want to, you know, who would, who would want to look in on this mess unless yeah. you're just a historian? Yeah, I can tell they're not happy. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, they like fly by Earth in their in their crafts and like lock their doors like yeah, they're going right. through like the, the bad neighborhoods. There's, you know? yeah, there's orange cones on the exit. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I just hope something like that comes true. I know a lot of people would love for something like that to come true. It's probably not going to be what we really think it is, but. If something like that happened, you know, and at any time, just something that kind of sh- – all it would really take is if they found signs of civilization on another planet, and this James Webb telescope might be able to do that, um, I think that would be a big turn. I think a lot of people then would just change their mind about so many different things. And I also think that, you know, scientists, you know, especially people looking into UFOs, but just like paranormal stuff, I think there will be more – um, yeah, they won't be held back like they are now. I think it'll, they're more open and free to look into weird things because, hey, we're not the only ones here. We know that now. Where do we go from there? You know? Do you see that? You see that happening? Do you think you see that happening? And do you see? Let's say they found people on another planet. Signs of civilization. What do you think would happen on this planet? Yeah. Well, I think they have. I think we've got the evidence. I think it's pretty clear from testimonies like David Grush, who's just one. It's gotten a lot of attention, and Bob Lazar, but. There's literally a thousand of these guys, whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. You look at documents released through the Freedom of Information Act, which are completely blacked out. Yes. And I've talked to some whistleblowers myself mm-hmm. within military industrial complex. We have crashed UFOs. It's not just Roswell. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, Kecksburg and the Paradise Valley crash and all the others. It's a lot of them. And I think it's, if you look at the actual evidence, we have the hardware, we have the bodies. Can they, our governments can we reverse engineer this stuff? Can, can, oh, yeah. We've yeah, been doing some that? stuff people see, particularly these days, okay. is our own. Like what? And there's a buzz about that in the UFO community. The TR3D, I'll mention that one because that? that's this you know, big black triangular craft. Right, true. So you don't think that human Earth uh, bound people like at Lockheed can build something like that? Uh, well, I think some of it, yeah, is reverse engineered from ET technology. I mm-hmm. did interview a gentleman who was a subcontractor. A civilian subcontractor for the military, mm-hmm. and he was taken to Edwards Air Force Base and saw a hangar with an open window, and heard a buzzing noise coming from it, and basically looked in it and saw your typical UFO. Turned to his employer and said, "What the heck is that?" Mm-hmm. His employer wouldn't tell him, but long story short, there was another job which his employer wanted him to do, and he says, "I'm not doing it unless you told tell me what that was." And his employer said, "Okay, I'm not supposed to tell you this. You can't tell anybody." This guy basically contacted me from a hospital on his deathbed. Okay. Uh, and he, s- he said that this employer told him that this was not a UFO, but it was reverse engineered from extraterrestrial technology. And it was a craft that used counter rotating magnetic fields, Okay, which basically allowed the craft to travel in the desired direction. Mm. So, I mean, we, yeah, we have this technology. Okay. That's one of many, many reports. 
I, I'm just going to ask you just one question, then I'm going to take a break. Can you hang around with us, Preston, for our next segment? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let me just ask you this. If we lived in a world, and I'm just being devil's advocate here, okay? If we lived in a world where we had reverse UFO technology, would we still go through, let's say, the facade of launching the space shuttle all those years? It's like it's like launching a stump truck into space. Why would we go through that if we had the secret of anti-gravity or whatever? Yeah, well, to keep it secret, I can't say for sure. The fact is this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to greed, power, and control. Mm-hmm. We're keeping it secret because, let's face it, we're an oil economy. And to well, just jump true. free energy onto this society would wreak havoc on the power elite. They when want it, their money. Right, that's what it comes down to. Well, that's that's always the case. Uh, I just wonder, when is my Jetson, you know, jet pack? When is, when is all that stuff supposed to happen? Do you know what I mean? George Jetson was, was born in 2000. Uh, 2040. Okay. And that's, you know, just <laughs> 17 years away. Yeah. And and we're not even close. Nothing went wrong. Well, they've just... got flying cars they've developed. Yeah, but, now. but, yeah, but shouldn't, they've de- Why, shouldn't yeah, they have developed? Shouldn't they have developed? We're supposed to have those years ago. Though. Yeah, that's what I mean. They should have done that years ago. You know, but now they do. Now it really looks like they're going to have air taxis down in Manhattan, which is really Honda is going to do these things. And the strange thing about it is there's no pilot, there's no guy driving the drone. You get in and it's a robot. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take more than getting people used to Yuba to get in one of those things. If there's no one flying it, take a cab. No, that's that's a shame because I took a really pleasant Uber ride the other day. Really? I did And uh, I, I got very confused because this lady was talking to me about a lot of things. And I was less than sober oh. at that point, which was why I was Ubering home in the first place. Okay, go ahead. That's good yeah. thinking. Good thinking. And she, she asked me, she went on about her co-workers and then she asked me if i was 420 friendly and because i'm Uh-oh. such a free and airhead i thought she was giving me the wrong address and i said oh no like this is my address you know wow and then she repeated it and i was like oh she said it really slowly so that i could understand yes. it and i was like yeah, 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 yeah. so yes. we had like this nice conversation i mean if you have a drone they're not going to ask you if you want some devil's lettuce you know what i mean yeah, like, wow. probably not are, are they going to ask you if you're a maroon you know <laughs> see if, you're, see if you're flying it's probably not good that you get into that stuff so anyway so did you and her uh, split a joint or something like that oh god no that we can I think about way too Drunk to do really, that. again, that's which is why I was Ubering in the first place. Just for the record, I was like, what I, I am not driving home. There's no fucking way. What were you drinking? Just for the record, just so we know. Uh, beer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, pretty soon we'll have driverless cars, so you won't have to drive home. And, and, yeah. and once again, why? Well, you know, you see the ad in the in the driving line and then in their uh, driverless car, and they and they clap into a Queen song. Is that all we're gonna? Is that why we're doing it to clap the Queen songs? I mean, there's no way I'm going to get a driverless car. What if it's hacked? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or just like breaks down. You know, they have a computer glitch. Uh Uh-uh, no thanks. I'm sorry. You know, I have a – Suze Honda has, you know, some other – you know, some of that – some very limited amount of that technology. Mm -hmm. And that thing freaks out. Like if you're going around a corner and there's someone coming the other way, if it thinks they're too close, the thing loses its mind. If you get too close to a curb, it it starts freaking out and pulling the stereo away. It has like the sensors. Yes. So if it if it like quote unquote thinks you're too close, it's it's going to do Listen, its right. His, his, so if something big enough jumps in front of you, like a you know, yeah, an, an animal, you know, yep. and, and I hate to say it, but you know, in, in reality, you're going to hit it. Like if it's a raccoon or something, you're going to hit it because 
you know, it's either that or you get killed. But but you're going to guarantee <laughs> that the that. car driving itself is going to say, right. oh, it's only a raccoon, let Boom. it go. Yep, or he's going to jam the brakes and put you through the windshield. It's, uh, yeah, you yeah. yeah no. There's no need to jump out of a plane ever, <laughs> even if you have a parachute. Unless and it's on fire. No, unless it's on fire. And, and there's no need to get in a driverless car. Just drive the freaking car. How hot is it? It's like this. I, I have a great solution. What if we just get humanoids... To yes, drive our cars for us. It, you know why they want to unionize because and now it's a big... That, if, if the Loveland Frogman would drive an Uber for me, <laughs> think of the conversations you could have. Oh, that's okay. That's I'm serious. That I would be so cool. We are too. And you could well, just pick their brains. Listen. Raven, I have to I have to counter that. There's a great short story by Jack Williamson called mm. With Folded Hands. Jack it's about the, the humanoids taking over. Mm -hmm. I they love take over it. Everything. Jack Williamson. They don't even let you play sports anymore because huh. you might get hurt. And humanoids play the sports. Sounds like the they drive time. for you. They do everything. They can, yeah, it's uh and then there's a sequel to a called The Humanoids, which was a novel. Anyway, great uh uh a great political commentary, really, but with folded hands. It's kind of a novelette by Jack Williamson. Jack Williamson is—he died when he was—he was still writing when he was like ninety-nine years old. He actually came across the United States in a covered wagon. This guy, and you know, wrote wow. in the thirties and the forties and the fifties, and some real good. If you like space opera and stuff like that, he's really good at that. And commentary too, you know, kind of along the way. So Jack Williamson, yeah. So listen, why don't we do this? Oh, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we ask Switchy what he had for breakfast now? Uh, the world wants to know. I'll just put it at the end of the segment, see what happens to the skew. So, uh, Switch, we haven't asked you this in a while, and I'm, I'm guessing you went up to, uh, you know, Cook is there, right? What is it? The place that doesn't tip? Uh, 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 oh, Tudor's uh, uh, Biscuit World. Yes. You've been, how many times have you been not. there in the past month? How many times? I'll say the over-under is oh, nine. I don't know. I, I, several. Um, so, yes. But I did not go there today. Okay, tell us. I had a V8. Oh, come. <laughs> and yeah and what what's that a little uh, hungover from the night before Chase, do you have chasing 20 year old girls you eat some oatmeal you nerd <laughs> I got nothing in the house wow. Wow. wow yes go ahead so why why switchy what's going on uh, no, nothing I just once in a while nothing uh, in the house it tastes kind of good you know yeah. what kind do you get is it just like the regular oh the regular stuff not, not yeah. the hot stuff or oh, the funky well. stuff you know? the spicy stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't put any vodka. Put a little vodka in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I had one of those the other night. Vodka and a celery in it. There you go. He's healthy I'll, and drunk. I'll at the consider same that time. next time. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Macaloni's Military Express Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for our troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. Here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network, this is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show. We have for you tonight, very quickly, 
No JJ tonight, girl. Sorry. No Coco tonight. Sorry, Gilson. No. Uh, however, Switchblade Steve One, our national correspondent, is with us. Switchy. Great to be here tonight. A V8 into the morning, right? Yep. What you have for lunch? Another V8? Uh, Macaroni sandwich. Okay. I told okay. you. I got nothing in the house. Man. Now we feel better. Okay. <laughs> wow. Our uh, security chief, Willie Club, is here, too. Willie. Mac, yeah, it's also great to be here. And uh, although we miss JJ not being there, his, yes. uh, our guests have certainly filled a gap. Right, right. So he can be replaced is what you're trying to say. Well, I didn't want to be that direct, okay. but, you know. Well, he li- he abandoned us, didn't he? That's true. He's seen the Hollywood vampires in Birmingham, UK. Well, he went to the UK to begin with. That's I mean. true. Right. We should have disowned him at that point. The he voice be- you hear is Al <laughs> Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic in the house. Hey, Mac. Hello, everyone. Uh, JJ should be standing next to me. That's where he always was right, until he decided to pack up and, and go take a hike across the pond. And so. sell this friggin' challenger for nothing, okay, no. without telling us. And he didn't even sell you his car. I'll never forget, that's what I just said. I'll never forgive him for that. That was really – anyway. Our favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York, Raven, is with us. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Sorry to hear uh, for us to go over old, you know, ancient history, no pun intended, but we do have issues against it when you think about it, right? You have issues with JJ? Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, I'm telling. Go ahead. But, you know, I'm sorry. I would have gone to see Alice Cooper, too. Me, too. Yep, yep. Wow. So, Alice Cooper. I'm, I love you guys, but, I mean, yeah, if Alice Cooper's coming to town. How about Johnny why? Depp? How about Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, I, I can't even talk about, okay? Why? Because he's so he's so into your dreams. Because I'm gonna say something Go so ahead. filthy that I cannot say it on. We air. can cut anything out. Go ahead, please. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> cannot say it. Say it. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, let's say my pantaloons would drop to the floor. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. Let's put in the. Uh, so, that, that's that a good out. thing. I mean, we're talking. You know, I, I was expecting you to say something bad about the guy. Oh okay. no. All right. Oh. All right. Listen, let's move. Um, thank you, Raven, for that. Also joining us is our good friend, Preston Bennett, UFO uh, author and researcher. Preston, you know what you're in for now, right? <laughs> I'm figuring it out, yeah. Okay, all right. If you want to just, you know, uh, drop out, just wave to me twice and, you know, we understand. <laughs> when you've had enough. <laughs> Listen, also with us, I loved history when I was in school. That was the only thing I liked. Everything else, I hated. But tonight, we have with us Veronica, and she does... Creepy history class. Is that right, Veronica? That is correct. Wow, My love- social media accounts are creepy history class, but I do a bunch of stuff. I visit haunted places. I talk about creepy history, dark history, uh, just all types of weird, random stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. We love that kind <laughs> love of stuff. It. All right. So let me ask you this first. Where are you from? From New York City. Yes, I knew it. All right. <laughs> that's cool. All right. So you're already cool in our eyes. That's good. Whereabouts in New York City, if you don't? Know Sorry. I'm sorry? We're we're about to New York City, if you don't mind us asking. Queens, New York. Yeah, okay, even better. Okay, now we're good. Now we're on the same way with Yeah. So how long have you been doing this? We don't get too many people from the city to do this. You know, usually it's a little bit out in the uh, sticks. Go ahead, please. I've been doing it for like two years, something like that, around two years now. Okay. And and, um, what do you do? We'll start with the history class. So tell us about that. So if I go visit haunted places, I try to look into the history on them, and I teach all my online friends about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like trying what? to find if I get any weird vibes in any of the places <laughs> I visit to. I also 
do a little bit of true crime when I'm not yes. able to travel as much. Mm-hmm. Okay. So true crime, also something we're uh, interested in. But when you say you, you get a good vibe and bad vibe, do you physically feel something? You walk into a haunted house or it's not haunted. Let's say it's it's not haunted. You feel nothing? Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. I just get little vibes. I'm not like um, an expert in yep. vibing with the spirits. Okay. Not yet. All right. But you know they're there. I right. think <laughs> so. That's my next question. So, what what do you think it is? I mean, you know, it might not be ghosts. It just might be something else we just don't know about, right? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know until you know. So, I'm more of a skeptic, but I'm hoping at one point, you know, maybe I'll get some more concrete evidence or some bigger experiences. Right, right, sure. I haven't had any huge experiences yet. But also, I haven't really, you know, ghost hunted. Like, I have the equipment, but I haven't really started using it. I've just dabbled it, like, a little bit here Mm -hmm. and there. But Okay. Have you ever seen or heard anything that, you know, keeps you up at night? No. A ghost story. So would you be afraid? Like if I saw a ghost, I think I'd probably, you know, freak out, you know? Would you? Would you? No. Really? Hmm. Okay. You are from New York City, right? <laughs> yes. Preston. No, yeah, nothing phases New Yorkers. We're just like, nah, yeah. whatever. It's just another thing. Oh, Preston. you're from New York too? Yes. Upstate. Yeah, I'm Not- in upstate. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. What part? I'm in uh, uh, Binghamton where um, Rod Serling was born. Oh, you're so, all the way up there. I'm all the way up, and it is just weird here all the time. People are just insane. Yeah, well, it's going around. And I attribute that to the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and they did being born here. And there's no museum there. There's nothing to that guy up there. I can't believe there's no museum that they haven't cashed in on a Twilight Zone museum at least. There's like a little plaque in like his house just, well, not just, but a couple of years ago, his house sold to somebody, and that's really it. Wow. I mean, I don't know. That's pretty that's, bad, though. You know, I mean, well, just, I interviewed Rod bad. Serling's nephew. Okay. He's had oh, UFO really? experiences, as it turns out. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Cool. He remembers it. Yeah. Yeah. He's an smoking a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he lived a he lived a hard life. He smoked <laughs> cigarettes a lot. He was a he was a paratrooper in World War II, and that's you know takes years off your life. But he just knew he just had that thing, you know. And I watching him as a little kid. I, you know, they, they didn't so much scare me as they were just weird, you know. They're just like weird stuff, and it was great, man. I, I watched them over and over again. If, if there's a marathon on these days, I just watch Still it. Still one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Every 4th oh, yeah. of July, they do the marathon. Oh, do they? Yeah. Check. Yeah. Nice. And, and it's, yeah, I remember watching it as a kid, and there was a couple episodes that, like, really scared me, but, like, almost, like, in a good way. Mm-hmm. It, it was, like, entertaining scary where, like, I was up all night, like scared. Yes, but I wanted to watch more of it. Ooh, yes. yes, you know what? I, like, and I know that's so weird, but like, I don't know. I just loved it. Yeah, you know, they cool. corrected a lot of actors who were just starting. <laughs> yep, you ain't kidding. And if you look at some of them today, they became such big, you oh. know, folks in the acting area. But he had so many people like that. William Shatner on those early shows, amazing. <laughs> William Shatner, Burt Reynolds was the first time he was ever on it. You know, and yeah, he just he they definitely launched a lot of actors. And I think yep. because there was almost like a prestige as being in one of them because they had the best writing on TV, oh, maybe absolutely. ever. You know, and I, I think it was a prestige thing to be in one. You know, the the one that gets me was not to talk about them all night because we've done that before, where uh, Agnes Moorhead, who was the mother witch and bewitched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know the one you mean, yeah. 
Holy cow, really. And as a kid seeing that, you know, that has an imprint on you, you know. I was in my crib, but still. Um, just great. Just great <laughs> there was writing. There's no dialogue in that one at all. Right, yeah, right. yeah, she just screams a lot. When, Except toward the end. Oh, that she does talk towards the end? Yeah, she No, still, no, the... Uh, the, uh, the, 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 um, the for her visitors, yeah, yeah. For yeah. help. Now, what about the outer limits? <laughs> yeah, the outer limits. Outer limits was even weirder, you know. But oh, I don't think yeah. they had the writing that broad sailing really did have. No. But it, outer limits was very strange, very yep. odd, you know. Yeah, the original. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. the original definitely for sure. So hey, listen, when we were kids, man, there was good stuff on TV. I, you know, I know there's good stuff now, but it wasn't that much for a wasteland. So anyway, let's get yeah. back to our history teacher here. <laughs> what do we got so far? An A or B teacher? <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> okay. we, we haven't written the essay. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't bring my homework in, but let's not commit to that. So, so, Doing good so far. <laughs> what, so what, what got you into this? I mean, you know, did you have experience as a kid? Did you, you know, what happened? That no, one... I've always been into, like, horror movie and horror movies and um, haunted houses. And then as I got older, I started, you know, watching YouTube and more like real shows about it. And I always thought that was interesting. And I was like, wow, I could do that, but I can't get on TV. But then with social media growing, I'm like, now I can really do that. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. So. sure. And, and, and do, um, uh, when you say, um, you know, creepy history, I mean, do you go say, well, uh, for instance, uh, what's a really haunted place? Like New Orleans is supposed to be really haunted. So it's like stuff like that. You would go and say, here's a haunted place and happens to be famous in history. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I do. But I haven't been to New Orleans yet. Mm-hmm. I have been to Salem, Massachusetts. Ooh. I've been to see the Amityville Horror House, which is like my yes. favorite place ever. Really? I wish I could live there, but I can't because <laughs> someone else lives there. Okay. I've been to the Kings Park Insane Asylum, or that's what it used to be. It's abandoned now. Mm-hmm. So I went in there. That was interesting. Um, were you scared going into that? I've heard of that place. It's, were you scared? No, it was fun. It was a good experience. Were you there at night or there in the day? I was there in the evening time. Really? Yeah. Wow. You are from Yeah. So, so, um, uh, so does anything scare you? I don't know. I mean, something might scare me mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> right. But, but, but none of this. Yeah, yeah. Like no, no paranormal stuff. Nothing. Right. No, hmm. not really. Hmm. But maybe I will get scared one day, and that'll be good. Okay. Well, you can always watch. Hopefully, it's caught on video. Okay, that's all that matters. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that's all that matters. Get scared, and as long as it's caught on video, (laughs) or radio, as it turns out. But anyway, so I started to ask Preston something. Maybe I asked it. Have you ever seen a ghost, Preston? Then UFO? No, you have. Okay, tell us what happened. If you don't mind, I've seen I've seen a couple things. Um, I did see my mother's spirit after she passed away, but. Didn't believe in ghosts at the time, so I just thought I lo- was losing my mind. Go ahead. But looking back in hindsight, yeah, I saw her spirit, full-color apparition. But I've done some ghost hunting and such, and I'd say one of the most impressive times was when I went to see a lady who was in a physical medium. And she did what's called table tipping or table tapping, where people get around the table and it starts lifting up and on the side and banging around. And we did that, and it was really impressive. In fact, we got that table to pretty much levitate. And I did it with just her because I want you know really scientifically minded about it. Had everyone get off the table, and she could make that table go up with just one finger resting really? lightly on it. But how? You know what I mean? I've seen people do that, and I go, "How do they do that? I can't get. I don't understand it." Yeah, it's spirit activity, no doubt. She stopped doing it because she had some problems with 
a fire starting in her kitchen, Mm-mm. weird clicking noises and cold spots. So I wouldn't recommend it. I know people who've used a Ouija board and really regretted it. Yes. Yeah. Well, Raven yeah, is Veronica, right there. Have you used a Ouija board? No, but I want to one really? day. What are you waiting for? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I will come down to Queens. We can use one together. Let's I have do it. One. Hey, come yes. to come to Let's Salem. We can all use it. We're only about a half hour from Salem, Veronica. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come nice. to come it to Plum Fest. I mean, come to Plum Fest, right? In and of itself, the UFO, it's it. a UFO festival. There you go. <laughs> I just think people don't realize what's coming through the board. Sometimes it's hard to identify what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. That, that's really what it is, and I mean, like, especially like me when I was playing with it when I was I don't twelve, ten, whatever. I, I think I was twelve. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's like fun and games until like things can quickly turn around yeah, weird and stuff like get happens. very, very real very quickly. And then it's like, oh my God, like, what do I do with this now? But yeah, like the last time I used one, like nothing happened. And it's crazy because my house has so much like going on in it. Yes. Spirit wise. Yes. You know, like you feel people like kind of touch you on the shoulder occasionally. You kind of feel somebody like breathing behind you or like. Things get misplaced all the time. Random things knock over. So I, you know, when we tried it again, we were like, "How is nothing coming through?" Is, uh, you know, unless uh, maybe all the spirits were were asleep. You know, and maybe they were tired. Listen, I understand. I, I, They're taking a nap, and I understand because I take a lot of naps. So I, you know, uh-huh. I can't can't fault them for that. But is there a chance that Coco is living in your house and you just don't know? I think it's your crawl space. Yeah, yeah, that's I, well, right. Exactly. I don't have one. <laughs> oh well. Okay. He's like a viper. He can get, anyway. I, mean, I feel Coco's pretty tall, so I feel like if he was big. somewhere in my house, all the way down from Maine, I would know it. Yeah. Okay. You know, I've understand. lived in a haunted house that was—I I want to say it's haunted. It was there was a lot of stuff going on. There was Go ahead. a presence. There was always noise. There was things happening. My cats would freak out. The cellar door would always open. There was a lot going on, and the house felt warm. Hmm. It was inviting. Hmm. We lived there for ten years. That's interesting. Okay. And the owner of the house would never sell it to us. And we wanted to buy it, but they were like, no, nah, not going to happen. Uh, you know, we got rid of the previous owners because they complained about the businesses next door. So we moved to where we are now, which is you know near Mac. And when we moved into that house, it had never – it was a 100-year-old house that had never been lived in year-round. It was a summer cottage that never had heat, never had insulation. It was shut down. The windows were boarded up every year. And we moved in there, and that house felt so cold. Mm. There hmm. was none of the warmth and feeling of the old house. And we actually kept the old house for almost a year because I didn't want to move to where we moved to, to the cold and decide house. I hated it and then say, we got to get out of here and go back wow. and then lose the right. house. That so I kept, I kept paying rent on a house <laughs> we didn't live in for almost a year. And the last wow. day that we went to move the last of our stuff out— Go ahead. It was sad. And we actually said to, you know, whatever it was, look, if you can come with us, come with come us. On by. Yeah, come well, on. Yeah. Come on. What's the matter Don't with you? Figure, figure out whatever it is. You know, why, would you, why would you invite the ghost with me? Because it was well, never threatening. Good. It was good. It was pleasant. It oh, was nice. the yeah. house was always You never know when they're gonna turn. Right, Franca? But I had friends that wouldn't no. stay over. <laughs> you know, we had friends that wouldn't sleep stay in the over. house. They were like, screw that. You know, there's something going on here. Okay. But you know, there's a million jokes in there. Alan. Yeah, I, I don't know. want to get into them. So, Veronica, listen. Yeah. When do you think? Um, so, 
Someone asked me this the other day. What would it be I like? I did go. Sorry, sorry. Okay. I just wanted to say one thing. Please. I did go to the Ouija board museum in Salem, Massachusetts. Okay, go so ahead. I've seen all the Ouija boards there, and I thought that was really cool. I learned a little bit of the history of Ouija boards and how the Ouija board, um, I guess it named itself, right? That's the story. Right. That's uh, a really listen, cool museum. We, oh, my yeah. God. I loved it there. Not to really name nice. drop, but we know the guy who owns the company <coughs> who makes oh. Ouija boards, okay? I'm going to have him send you a Ouija board, okay? Somehow give me your mailing address. He'll be glad to do it because it, okay. it's uh, Phil Orb, Bain, uh, Winning Moves, Games. Uh, they're very close to Salem. And they they make everything like uh, um, Monopoly games. That's like the Red Sox against the Yankees. What do you call those? And and uh, also Risk. They Risk. They make all different kinds of Risk and stuff. And he makes like about fifty different toys. Shoots and ladders is Al's favorite. But um, so nice. uh, yeah, just get the and, and then. But you got to use it and tell us what happened. Preston, do you want one? Do you want to okay. deal with it? No, I don't need a Ouija <laughs> <laughs> You won't be I, in the commercial. I, I, I don't blame you. Three girls who used one. And they yep. thought they were communicating with Agnes Moorhead, who we're they just talking about her. Yeah. It turned out it said, "My name is Barton. I'm a demon," and they ended up having this big black entity running around the house, calling yep. their names. It was a mess. Wow. You know? See, no. Well, me, thanks. I'll take a but hard pass. Some of the contactees <laughs> of yesteryear used Ouija boards and channeling to contact the Space Brothers, <laughs> like George Hunt Williamson. Yeah, yes. I know a few. A few I, wrote, I did a whole article on that, actually. People okay. contacting UFOs with Ouija boards. Uh, there's quite a few cases. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kids were using it, and a ET came through and said he'd appear the next day over the Roosevelt yes. Hospital. This is in Utah. Yes. And sure enough, a big UFO showed up right over the hospital and was seen by half the town. Well, huh. huh. Well, so. <laughs> uh, go ahead. That's so bizarre. Teacher, <laughs> Veronica, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, I just said that's so bizarre. I'd never thought of using a Ouija board to contact UFOs ever. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that thought ever crossed my mind. So they're, cro- they're, they're, they're connected from the other side. Here's the strange thing that uh, Phil, our friend, has told us is that um, in times of struggle, right, like at the beginning of the Korean War, the beginning of the Vietnam War, beginning mm-hmm. of the Gulf War, uh, Ouija board sales just go skyrocketing because the people oh, wow. want to know how their kid is doing. Okay, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of as sad as that. But um, he says it's very odd, you know, how people turn to a Ouija board every once in a while to communicate, you know, as opposed to just, hey, I'm going to send them a text or whatever. So uh, anyway, okay. uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, um, okay, it'll be funny to see. You use it for the first time. Tell us what happened, okay, so we can justify the free Ouija board. And uh, just come back <laughs> on and tell okay. us, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, unless Bart shows up. Right, well, if he <laughs> yes, can come if, on the show. If Bart shows up. Then uh, have them sign a release. It'll be fine. I I threw my Ouija board in the trash or, uh, originally when I was a little kid. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do that. You got to close it out properly. Well, the, the kid. Um, I mean, the strange thing is, is Juan Juan, who's usually on the show, he's an IT guy, and he's he's kind of you know he he's one of these guys. He touches the machine and it's fixed. You know, when I touch it and it breaks. Okay, he's a technomancer or whatever. And he, he, this guy kept calling him and saying, "Listen, all this stuff is wrong. My computer, it's." And Juan's on the phone, you should do this, do this, and you can't. So finally he does a house call, and the guy on the desk, his computer's resting on a Ouija board. And Juan Juan says, just get rid of that. And he did, and all his problems <laughs> went away. Okay. Of course, Juan Juan sent him a bill for about 400 bucks, but yeah, yeah, you know. And, <laughs> and, and he got a Ouija board out of it. Yeah, and he took the Ouija board on, sure. But yeah, so. so the Ouija board, like, just on their desk, though. Who knows? As like, a, like, what was that supposed to be? Uh, I knows? need to know, like, that thought like, process. Propping stuff up, maybe. Something. Just... 
I mean, yeah, maybe like, cause I think I picture like they sell like those giant like mouse pads and you can put like your whole thing on it. And then the sure. entire thing is a mouse pad and whatever. Like what a Ouija board? Okay, glows in the dark, so like you can. You know know where it is. Yeah, yeah, but you know that's uh, yeah. I don't know. I um, I never knew that there was like this kind of curse until you know actually you guys started talking about it. But I can remember us doing it and just. But we would we would ask really simple questions like, who's going to win the World Series and you know that kind of stuff. You know, Um, who's going to win the ninth at Suffolk? You know, which they always say, oh, we can't do that. That's another thing. Why? Why is in the don't, afterlife? We talk to Ouija Buddha. Uh, we talk to people who can see into the future, and we say to them, "Why can't you give us the winner of the next Super Bowl in the spread?" And you know, we're not asking a lot, but they always say, "Oh, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Doesn't. Why doesn't it work that way? You're, who's in charge of the paranormal? Who's going to play out the way that it's going to play out? Okay. There are things." That have to happen in an order. So if you're not supposed to win the lottery or win the Super Bowl or the the bets for the Super Bowl, okay. then you're not going to. But if you're meant to, then you will. It's just that you're not going to know it. Okay. What fun is that? Yeah. Like, I just want the Powerball number. Okay. Go ahead. That I guess I'm less- We have to something. raise our hand for the history teacher to call us. Go ahead, please, teacher. I read somewhere that there was an octopus in a tank somewhere that predicted so many um, sports yes. winning. <laughs> yes. He predicted the Patriots and all the Super Bowl wins. Yeah. So, so he's funny. a watery groundhog. He's very smart. And octopus, octopi, supposedly came from outer space, right? Right, right. Like a meteor a long time ago. And the big I fans, yeah. They're, into they're very, very, very intelligent, scary intelligent. Okay, if any if any animal came from somewhere else, it's the octopus because some of the stuff they can do is like really uh, strange. Sure. But there, there was yeah. a film just recently that won an Oscar, I think, for my octopus friend. Really, yeah? Friends with an octopus. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I saw that. That was yes. a documentary, really. Yeah, I remember really seeing that. It was very sad. Oh, sad, yeah, sad, huh? Oh, was it sad? Oh, okay, I'm not watching no, that. No, it, oh. it was good. What did he do? Take the octopus out? You guys out? don't understand. Like, I'll ugly cry for days if a movie is sad. Well, I won't stop thinking about it. Yeah, no, so I just, don't I watch just it, Raven. Don't watch it. At this point. <laughs> it sounds to me the octopus doesn't make it. Is that right? No. No, okay. Well, nobody in life does, <laughs> but... Uh, Okay. He, he, the octopus died for a good reason. Oh, really? Yeah. I, well, I won't tell you anymore. Yeah, for some Italian know. restaurant on Christmas Eve. When that's when I eat it. Yeah. Okay. It's going to make it hurt more. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it had a purpose. Wow. Ra- Raven doesn't want to watch Cocaine Bear because she's afraid of a bear dying. Yeah, because she's afraid of a bear dying. Exactly. Wow, huh? So yeah, anyway. I don't want a bear to die. There's he doesn't, but I told you he's. In the movie, he's okay. He's okay in the movie. No bears were harmed. Yeah. And. You know, it's the whole from the initial premise. It's a, it's a fire. You know, it's a farce. It's not. It's it's not okay. reality. Okay. And we get to watch Ray Liotta no, do his last reality. movie. Ray Liotta, you know, in a cocaine movie. What a what a who would have thought? How ironic! Oh God, yeah, he just yeah. died too. Yes, well, he died right after making the movie. Right, right. That's how bad it is. So oh yeah, it was his last oh, I movie. Know what you're talking about? I just watched yeah. that movie. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's bad, isn't it? It's a slasher movie, right? Teach. It's bears gone wild. Right. Yeah. You know who directed that is the chick who's on Modern Family. And oh, Elizabeth Banks. That blonde there. Blonde one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's now a director. So uh, anyway, I just want to say this before we take a quick break. I saw a couple things while I was on my trip, okay? And I know probably um, Switchy knows this. I saw the movie Ant-Man. Ever see Ant-Man? Yeah. There's been a couple of them. Okay. The first one. That's a good – st- is it me or is that a good comic book movie? All right. It's way, way better than 90% of them, right? 
Or is it just me? Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, because there's a sense of humor to it, and they and the the effects are like crazy, but they're not like crazy nutty stuff, you know. And even though he's shrunk down to the size of an ant, but it's just kind of funny him and his ant buddies. Really good. The other thing I watched was this thing called Graham Hancock. Um, I forget the name of it, but he's been around for a while, and and. He says, you know, he comes right out and says, I'm not a scientist, but I'm a reporter and I'm reporting on all these things. And I know uh, you've probably heard of him before, but he goes around and makes a very, very convincing case that something happened on this earth about 12,500 years ago when things just got, you know, Stonehenge and this and that and everything kind of lines up. But it's like much, much more than that. Like these fortresses found on the top of mountains and the slabs are like 500 tons of granite each. I mean. And they built these places up there where you can barely breathe. The air is so thin. How do they do that? You couldn't do it today. How did they do it? But they Better did. Better work ethic. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, really. Better yeah. union. Right. But but it, it, he really convinces you, especially he goes to this place called Kobeki, Turkey, Kobe Tepeki, I think, in in Turkey, and you see it. It's right there. It's it's you know it used to be kind of like a fortress, but the stuff inside very uh, kind of stylized, artistic, and stuff like that. And if you want to believe. The people who uh, carbon dated it, it was built by cavemen. That's how long ago. That's how old this thing is. And there's no way cavemen could build this thing. So who built it? And and these examples are all around the world. Anyway, Graham Hancock. I wish I could remember the name of the show, but it's on Netflix. It's really good. He makes a very convincing case. There's a, there's a, an island in Indonesia that had been kind of uh, you know forgotten about, but they found these pieces of wood. Uh, they, they're like logs, and it turns out they're from an island like, you know, a thousand miles away, and they started digging this, and they found this whole underground thing, bigger than the pyramid. It's, it's the biggest man-made object, uh, you know, at least in the South Pacific. Just intriguing stuff. So um, Graham Hancock, whatever the name of the uh, Netflix series is. And, uh, yeah, that was it. I also watched Superman and Lois. Has anyone seen that? Oh, my God. Have you, you seen it? I know. girl? <laughs> yeah, no. It's, um, yeah, it's a kid's thing, but... They do it interesting way. They take the Superman myth and kind of no one else has seen it, I guess. Huh? No one's raising their hands. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, you must have had a lot of time. In well, I did. I was down. It was like 110 oh, degrees. You went, you went down to Florida and you didn't go to see the Robert the Doll Museum in Key no, West? Can, no way, man. I'm, I'm oh, going. I want to see him. No, 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 you don't. No, bad. no, no. There was He's some such a little cutie pie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have a, a, a card, <laughs> like, a, like a novena card that Coco sent me and I had it on my uh, monitor for a long time. He's dressed like a sailor, and it's like, you know, don't get him mad at you or something like that. And finally, I just I didn't want to throw it away. You know what I mean? So I think I mailed it back to him or something. I didn't want to destroy it. I didn't want to take my chances. From the grinder. Coco you know, sent a, a me shredder. A, oh, a shredder, yeah. oh, That someone wrote that he's friends with, and it came with a little beer koozie. <laughs> and I ended up – one of my friends took it home with them one time when they were at my house because I have like 100 beer koozies because <laughs> yes. I'm like yes, yes. really, really – I like if you – if you're at my house, you have to use a coaster or a beer koozie because I don't want any drinks sweating on my coffee table. Okay. So I just give them out, right? Good to know. And so my friend took it home and it said, like, come get slammed in Key West or something. And it just came with the book. It was so bizarre. <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, this with is the Robert the Doll book. <laughs> a haunted doll that has ruined people's lives. Right. But here's a beer koozie. <laughs> That's cool. It's okay. Um, you're going to need a beer after meeting him. Yeah, That's right. why. Well, see, we should much. explain that that is this doll that he was you know, owned by some rich guy, and he has like this really kind of crazy backstory. But people bought him, and they somehow found out that if if for some reason you're impolite to the doll or you say something negative to the doll, 
the doll has the ability to haunt you unless you go back and say, I'm sorry to the doll. And this, and Coco went down, <laughs> yeah, I see Club laughing. Coco went down on a little expedition and he went into the museum and he said something bad about the doll. Okay, yeah, the doll, yeah. the doll's not a big deal. And all of a sudden his car breaks down, his bond, you know, catches on fire, the donkey dies. And he says, oh, shit. You know, so he literally wrote, I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, a, a letter to, and then he's your friend, apparently. Oh, that's all you have to do. And, and I guess when you go in the museum, they have like mail bags full of these letters to yeah. Robert the doll. Yeah, people write like postcards and like letters saying like, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry. I disrespected you. Like, please forgive me. Like, you know, you don't understand. My life is a living hell, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But yeah, like I just thought it was the funniest thing. Like he sent me the book and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great read. And it came with a friggin' beer coat. I love that. And I, I just laughed so hard. Yeah, and Robert the doll has no face, right? Isn't it just a blank kind of? He, he has like those two like uh, button, not button eyes, uh, but like those bead eyes. Oh, right. Okay. And like, I think his head is made of wood. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Wow. He has like a, he doesn't really have like features. <laughs> yes. But he has like little beady black eyes mm -hmm. and like you can see where like a nose, you know, is kind of carved and like a mouth is like carved. Right. Quotes. Okay. Just look him up online. You'll be able to see yeah. exactly what we're talking about. And there's actually a really good documentary about it mm. that I think I watched on Prime. Um, yeah. It's fascinating. It's really, really weird. But if you're listening to the show, then you're into it. But it okay? seems, yeah, Let's yeah, right. But it seems like really, I mean, it's a strange uh, um, brand for a ghost to have. You know what I mean? You know, don't give me a toot. If you do, I can make hot, yeah. you know, life hot for you. And and that apparently happens. Whether that's mind over matter, but there are like bags and bags. He gets more mail than the Pope. I can't believe in that yeah, many it's people Yeah, like you think about like the haunted doll angle, right? And you think like Annabelle. But, like Annabelle doesn't have this hold over people, you know? Which is why I don't always buy into like the Warrens and like their BS. Okay. I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. I'm a because little did you skeptical. Hear about, did you hear about the guy that like banged on her case or something and had a motorcycle accident after? Okay, yes, I Wait. did hear about that. Tell us about what what are you talking about? What is this? Another uh, doll that uh, you know puts the bad vibes in people? Like curses on Annabelle, what's where was that? Where was where where was from the done? conjuring franchise? No, no idea. Connecticut. No, oh, Connecticut. Somewhere in Connecticut. Figures. Okay. No, but it's supposedly a real doll <laughs> from Ed and Lorraine Warren, a true haunting case that they researched. Really, yeah. Huh? Much of their books. They definitely were legit. Mm -hmm. Is the doll have this uh, attitude, don't give me attitude? I don't know. I don't do haunted dolls. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. okay. The doll is possessed by some demonic force, yes. Annabelle. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. it's like one of those like Raggedy Ann dolls. Uh -huh. But in the movie, they make it look like so much worse than it is when it's like, because I, I love Raggedy Ann dolls. I think they're adorable. Hmm. So when I see a doll like that, it's like, I saw one at a thrift store the other day and I almost bought it, but they had like, jacked the price way up on it. <laughs> I just bought one the other day in Cracker Barrel, like a small Raggedy Ann doll. That's so fun. I literally saw one the other day, and I ended up passing it up, and I bought a little a little tiny clown doll that's, mm. like, kind of missing its hair. It has, like, a little, um, like, um, almost Ball like a comb-over. Like switching. <laughs> it's, really, it's really funny. <laughs> but I bought it because I was like, the Raggedy Ann doll was, like, $95, and wow. I was like, oh, no. Come on. That's no. a lot. Ten bucks. No, no, no dolls in my house. I was so. in a Cracker Barrel by happenstance a few, about a week ago. I felt like I walked into the, I don't know, late 40s, early mm -hmm. 50s or something. Wow, we <laughs> Food is good, but it's really, 
have another reality. I love Cracker Barrel, Wait, really, and yeah. I love their store. <laughs> the store was a little overwhelming, i got to say that. But, you know, I went there because we've had a long discussion on the show about how I've never had biscuits and gravy, and someone told me that Cracker Barrel has biscuits and gravy, you know. I think Switchy told me. Did you finally have it? Yeah, but it's, it's terrible, terrible. And finally, <laughs> Lois said to me, that's not real. That's not what you're – that's not what you're thinking you need of. To come, you need to come down to Tudor's Biscuit World. Yeah, this was it just does. like biscuits and chicken gravy or something. But then I guess it isn't um, – it wasn't peppery. It wasn't really even greasy thing, as it turns out. But, so which, anyway, that's where we went to Cracker Barrel. Which Cracker Barrel? The one down in Chester? D.C. No, no, down in – Oh, all right. Down, down south. Down in Florida? No, down in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, past oh, okay, okay. the Mason Disco. Yeah, they're in every corner down Yeah, down so. there. You ain't kidding. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Literally went by a place that had four drugstores on each corner. Go down there, everything's yeah. like in patents. You know, so, yeah, huh? But, uh, yeah, Florida is hot. Very hot. But uh, there's parts of, like, old Florida you can kind of find down there, like bars and stuff. And they're really cool. They're very cool, you know. But it's hot. It's very, very hot down there. Okay, very yeah. Like That's the degree. downside. And, and like, it never stops. Florida does, Florida does have like really cool bars. Like the last time I was in Florida, like they still had cigarette machines. Yeah, they still let, let's, wild. They let people still smoke in the bars there, which yeah. is crazy. And, but I mean the heat just kills it for me yeah. because anything over 50, I, I will throw a fit. <laughs> I can't do it. Can't do it. 50. Don't go down to Florida in July. Why don't we do yeah. this? Why don't we take a... Yeah, I mean, I would like to move to the south, but though I'm worried about the hot weather, like Florida. Like, I don't know if I could handle all that heat. They right. say you adjust and your blood thins out, like, after three months or something of being no. there, but I don't know. No, no. I don't believe it. No, the people I, I we're visiting never... have been down there for, <laughs> yeah, like, 15 years, either. 15, 20 years. They don't get used to it. it it's it's so hot down there that um, the air is, like, thick. Do you know what I mean? It's you can't the take humidity. a deep breath or say it's the humidity. You can't yeah, be humidity. too hot. Right. No yeah. such thing. Yeah, and then it then they'll have a thunderstorm <laughs> every day at the, you know three oh six, right? And it's just yep. for ten They've minutes. They've been getting a lot of big floods lately too, Florida. Right. I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I really can't recommend it. I, I wish I could, but you know, it, it it was it's just too hot to live down there, and it's too, um, you know, like as they say, God's green room, right? Well, did you see they got uh, a malaria down, I'm not surprised. Down there now. Yeah. And yeah, it's not there's, good. There's down too many there. things that can kill you. Too down many there. things. Yeah, it's like Jurassic I mean, Park down there. I can, the t- I can take the heat, but the, the snakes and the lizards mm-hmm. and the, the poisonous stuff, yeah, no, not happening. Wow. You don't want a pet alligator? <laughs> I did. I had when I was a kid. I used to have them, but wow. you know, I mean, you asked the wrong person. You know, but what you do, uh, flush them eventually. <laughs> Flush no, him and he's in the no, I ended up. I passed him on to a new owner when he got bigger enough that I I wasn't able to like, wow, huh? take care of him. Okay. Oh, wow. But uh, you know, back in those days, you could buy you could buy a Bengal tiger and some guy for thirty five hundred bucks. You know, I some mean, guy had a Bengal tiger in Manhattan for like yeah. about ten yeah. years. Yeah, there was apartment. a there was a JM Fields in Chelmsford, Mass. You could buy anything. I used to have the guy special out of piranhas for me, and they were illegal. <laughs> and you know, you go in there and they were like hidden behind, uh, you know. He, he put a book rack in front of the tank with the piranhas in it. Wow, huh? Yikes. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I have like, once again, I have like 10 jokes, but I'm going to cool it. Why don't we do this? <laughs> Why don't we take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Back on these Miller Sound Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. 
But have you ever heard of Area 52? Or 53? Or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopar Test Range? Or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super-terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Matt Maloney, on sale now on Amazon. Trackstyle Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly. Uh, no one one tonight, no Coco, but uh, Switchy's here. Great to be here. Club is here. I sure am. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, I, I couldn't believe all the information that's been batted around here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on information overload right now. Were you doing Wordle there or something? Were you doing Wordle in between segments? Doing what? Wordle. What's that? Okay. What the hell is that? Also with us is UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great. I know what Wordle is though. Okay. I bet you on next. Wordle. Is that something like a cereal or something? Yes. A bowl of Wordles. Breakfast. I don't know what it is. Switchblade. Steve oh Ward. Switch. You guys are adorable. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what Wordle is? Switchblade. No. Okay. No. All right. Let me go to. Uh, let me go to our guest first. You're going to leave us in uh, suspense? No, no, don't worry. Preston oh, you Dennett. You don't know what it is. Do you know what Wordle is, Preston Dennett? Do you know what Wordle is? Go forward. Um, right. I heard of it. Okay. I have a vague idea. Okay. All right. No, I've never played it. Veronica, the uh, history teacher of creepy stories. Do you know what Wordle is? 
I do not. Wow. Okay. Well, now we're going to go to our favorite good witch here. Up in Sideways, <laughs> New York. Do you know what Raven? Do you know what Wordle is? I do, but I've never played it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. okay. Wow. Is it's this something we, we should know about? No, or is it, is this it, is how strange no. you do physically or what? It's, no, no, no. It, it's if, what is it? Like a glorified Scrabble? Or something. You get a word kind every, of. yeah, you get a word every, this is millions and millions of people. I know about 20 of them. You get a word every morning that you have to kind of figure out. Just a five letter word. But you, yeah. know, you pick a letter if it's wrong. You're, you know, you, 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 you like a Sudoku to, puzzle? Type? I guess, yeah, yeah. But it is. Yeah, it's, but like with like letters, like right. kind of like mixed with like Scrabble almost. Like right, that's right. the way I've seen it. And you have to get know. it in it five tries. It seems too high stakes for me. It's culty. It's very culty. You know what I mean? It, it I seems see, less than fascinating. I'll you know. see people and go, well, yeah. It's big in the, uh, the nursing homes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Club. I could say, how do you know? But I won't. But when people are playing it, you'll go up to them, hey, what are you playing? And they'll just kind of go like this, you know, hide it away. Like they don't want you to see it. You know, they don't want you to jinx what they're doing? I what? guess. That, it might be just me. Anyway. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, I figured it was Angry Birds or Pokemon. You like that? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. I thought it was some weird, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to say it. The Angry Birds <laughs> guys are like trillionaires now. They made like so much money on the stupidest thing, you know. But that's what makes money these days. I'd love to, you know, dream up the latest stupidest thing. Yep. But anyway, so um, have I introduced everybody? I think you were getting to the guests. Okay. I think you, you, you pressed that. UFO author agreed to be with us at the entire show almost. He says he's having fun. He looks <laughs> like he's having fun. <laughs> I am. And he's yeah. being nice. He's being nice about it. That's right. <laughs> right. But you, you, you've worked on two books recently, right? You just don't know when they're coming out? Uh, yeah. Well, the one on humanoids should be coming out sometime in the next couple of months. Okay. All different types of humanoids, grays, little blue beings, mm. tall whites, bigfoot type creatures, mm. um, a couple of angel encounters, demonic creatures as well. So you get a whole smorgasbord of yeah. weird entities. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, and, and uh, what's the other book about? Then I want to ask you about your most famous one. Um, the other book that I'm putting out is called Not From Here, Volume 5. Mm-hmm. Those are about all kinds of weird cases like UFOs over graveyards or... yeah or you know different weird cases that some researchers just don't want to touch but i love checking out the stuff that's just a little bit offbeat yeah right yeah yeah ufos over uh, drive-ins was one of your books right that's right it's definitely a thing i've got a hundred cases wow you. <laughs> you wouldn't think so but yeah they come down and show themselves over drive-ins and are still doing it mm-hmm. I, I i have to say that one night i was at a drive-in a long time ago in medford so that might account for a list hey. and i just saw like <laughs> You know, four or five just, you know, star-sized thing just flew right over the drive-in, you know. And I'm thinking, well, it's not an airplane. It's not birds. It's, you know, what is it, you know. But we were watching. There were two sci-fi movies there, you know. So who's going to believe that I was at a drive-in watching, you know, this this island Earth or whatever. And, uh, you know, Earth versus the flying saucer. And we happen to see, you know, UFOs. But it's interesting that they would pay attention to them. You know, Mac? As you know, I've spent much of my teenage years in the drive-in movies. Go ahead. In a Corvair? But no, no. I, I never. I always looked down and never looked up. Okay, hang on, hang on. Listen, <laughs> that's the midfit in you talk. So, um, the creepy history teacher is also with us, Veronica. How do you spell your name? Is there a K in it? 
Yes, it starts with a W and there's a K in it as well because my parents are from Poland. Oh, oh really? So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's how they spell it over there. Okay. It's different. Can we ask you it what you It made life complicated growing up. Okay. What's your, what's your last name? Wodarczyk. Oh, wow. I like those names, though. They're so, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's such more exciting than like O'Neill, right? A Kelly, a Murphy. <laughs> Right. What I heard is the dark chick. I'm sure that's not right. No. <laughs> well, it's Wodarczyk. Well, there's the name of the episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, huh? So so do you think, uh, a teacher of creepy history, do you think kids should be, you know, so I, I started to ask, someone said, hey, is it a good idea to have a paranormal book for children? Can't they just look at the adult books and kind of figure it out as they get older? That's what I did. We're not talking That's about what that. I did, yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Um, We're talking about paranormal stuff. <laughs> How do you put paranormal, like, demonology nice for kids? I'm not right. Sure. Well, you start lightly. Uh, I like the idea, actually. Yeah. I wrote a book for kids on UFOs. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. A children's book. I could see being cute, you know? A children's book with, you know, illustrations and shit. That would be pretty cool. But, but, but with the, um, the UFO children's book. So what was that like? How did you approach that? Um, I basically just kept it right on the level. Um, I didn't dumb it down at all. Mm-hmm. I just tried not to make it too complicated, but it turned out to work out really well. And yeah, adults love it more than the kids, really. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but, but UFOs, you know, they don't really scare people, but like ghosts and demons and devils and stuff like that, humanoids, you don't do scare, you know, adults. And they would, you know, you know what I mean? When should young kids be exposed to that? Because it's 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 a, they're going to hear about it, you know, eventually, right? Well, why censor the universe? I mean, they're all we're all kind of stuck in it. Mm. <laughs> you can't hide the truth forever. Right. My yeah. parents are always very open about everything. So yeah, that's the truth, honestly. I mean, you know, I you're talk- I don't have kids. I never will. If it was up to me, I'd be like, yeah, little Timmy and Johnny, whatever. I don't know. Go play with yeah, the Ouija board. Here's a Ouija board. Go like experiment. Go, yeah, go, go conjure. Go conjure an evil spirit. And they're crying all night. You're yeah. not gonna want to deal with that. Timmy yeah, and that's Jimmy. That's why I'm not having kids. <laughs> Is that Timmy and Jimmy? But yeah, like you should like kind of. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's totally up to the parents. Mm. I don't know. I think every kid is different, though. Yeah. I think yeah. some kids get scared easier than other kids. I don't have kids of my own, but I know a lot of people with kids, so I know how it is. Some kids yeah. love horror since they're little. Other kids are terrified of it. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, yeah. Some people that are scared of it as a kid learn to love it as an adult. Some people never do. Everyone's so different. Yeah. Especially when talking about these kind of situations. So. That's the truth. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I like, yeah, I don't like like slasher films and stuff like that. I don't like the real kind of gory stuff because I think you can do because that's how I am. That stuff scares the hell out of me, you know. Um, like the first slash movie I saw was the original Last House on the Left. Did you ever see that? It's just so, so oh my god! It's just like so <laughs> grim and gruesome. It's, it's so, like oh so god. gruesome, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, yin and yang, yeah. So, uh, but you know, um, but stuff like the um, Blair Witch Project, for instance, which was you know not a hoax, but you know, kind of you, you kind of get into that in a way. It, it isn't really really gory and slashery and stuff like that. It's more the scariness factor. That's from a mm-hmm. from a wimp. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of found footage, so Blair Witch was never my favorite. But I know people really love it, so I respect that. I've never watched it because I, yeah. you know, I, I, I heard the reviews and I read about it. And I'm like, I have zero interest in. Yeah, I did too. You know, uh, 
I watch. I uh, will say I I'm not a big fan of found footage because I get I get really dizzy easily mm-hmm. from all the shakiness. But um, I really like that movie, and then I also like uh the Banshee chapter. That was another found footage movie that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed, but some of them are a little too much for me, so I just skipped them. Yeah. Um, Did you like the Blair Witch too? No, no one. Everyone doesn't like. You see, I like that one. I don't know. Everyone doesn't like That's that one. So <laughs> funny because I know so many people that have watched it. And they're like, "Oh, I love this movie, but I didn't like the first one." And I mm. was the opposite. Wow, well, yeah. usually the other I way around. Think it's, oh, if you like the second one, you don't like the first one. I think that's how it is. That's that's the swap. Yeah. Did you ever see uh, so Cloverdale? It's like the found footage of a like a uh, Godzilla movie. Did you ever see that Cloverdale? Mm. Did you ever see that Preston? Oh, yeah, yeah, I actually kind of like that one. Yeah, me too. That was horror movies. And you got to respect the Blair Witch Project that had what four hundred dollars to make that movie. Yeah, yeah, it only made about four hundred million. They were very successful. That is for sure. (laughs) But Cloverdale is just like these kids in, I guess it's New York City or someplace, and they're at a party, and this uh, Godzilla type monster just like suddenly appears and starts attacking everyone. And the first time I watched it, I said, "Oh man, this sucks." You know, this is like so pretentious and stuff then i watched it the second time i said no this is really cool this is cool how they're doing it you know because it's it's supposedly one person holding the camp but they go through yeah they go through their own moves they're scared and stuff and all of a sudden the monster's there and, and they don't see the show the monster the very end which was and then they show it you know in all in full size and fury it's really a good movie just a you know it's a like they was probably well. was john carpenter i think mm-hmm. another monster movie it was kind of a sleeper but it was good. What was the name? Seen it, but a long time ago. But I love John Carpenter. You know, oh, yeah. Halloween. Well, not, it wasn't the fog either. It's oh, the fog with Adrian. The, 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 the mist. The mist. It is the mist. Stephen, Stephen King. King novel, right? Yeah, with okay. a, oh, is uh, it that one? Oh Thomas no, the other Jane. one is John Carpenter. The God, fog. I, yeah, I'm but sorry. they screwed up I, the ending. I oh. hate that movie so much. I hate it. The fog. <laughs> the mist. I can't stand it. <laughs> no, it was good. If they would have just made it like the the book, the novel, it would have been fine. Somebody horrible made ending. somebody made a meme of the mist and they said, the Imagine mist. being this impatient. And it was just Thomas Jane in the the car that they were sitting in with all the people around him. And anyone that's seen the movie and knows the ending will understand it. Mm-hmm. But I died laughing. I was like, that's <laughs> why I can't stand this movie. He could have just waited. Like it, it was just I mean, I don't know. I, that movie like kills me every time I watch it. I'm like, I don't see the appeal to it. Yes. I don't know. Was he? Did but he? I'm so nitpicky with some movies, especially with foggy ones. So is there? Is there? Uh, he did the fog, and then he did the mist. No, I don't, I don't know if it was a carpenter. Well, film it's, okay, no, it's John Carpenter did the fog. Carpenter did one of them. The fog, yeah. He did the fog because Adrian yeah. Barbeau, yeah. his wife at the time, was in it. Hang right. on. Boom. Yep. She was a great actress. She really was. <laughs> Uh, but he's known for that. You see, I, I've seen maybe two of his movies, but it's, it, the, the, the violence is very gratuitous, if I can use that word. Don't you think? It's just blood for blood's sake and killing people for, you know what I mean? Yeah. I it's mean, they me. had it did, coming, right? He did Big Trouble in Little China, didn't he? Yeah, that's a weird movie. I, lo- yeah, yeah, I love that blast. movie. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that movie in years. I love it. About that movie. Great movie. Hmm. Wow. Huh. Kurt Russell doing Clint Eastwood. Yeah, exactly. The Pork Chop Express. Yeah, he's a good actor. So, uh, hey, listen, speaking of that, Raven, if you don't mind, guess, we have a uh, contest that we have to pull in for a landing here. Uh, a few we weeks did. ago, we asked our uh, listeners to uh, listen for the phrase that pays, and the winner was going to get a copy, an autographed copy, I guess, of War of Dragons by Mac Maloney on sale everywhere. 
And um, so uh, Raven had it on her show, Raven Scary Movie Hour, and also on our show. And Raven, uh, now that the contest is uh, ramping up, can you remember the phrase that pays? The phrase that pays was Friday, I'm in love. Friday, sweet. So anyway, we had a user cavalcade of uh, emails, and we've put a bunch of them in the Magic Fishbowl uh, for three winners tonight. Um, autographed copies of this, by the way. Um, but as usual, the Magic Fishbowl is hacked, as it usually is. So, Raven, we're going to leave it up to you, please. The winner's over. Right. War, War of Dragons. Yes. Until Our first winner of a signed copy of The War of Dragons is Bruce Vogel of New York City. Wow. There you go. Okay. All right. Our second winner. We'll sweeten that up. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my God. Our second winner is Winston. Juan Juan's ultra right-wing hedgehog. Has he sent you pictures of him? He's got a little mustache. He really does. And one of the paws go up. Go ahead. Wow. I wish I was here to laugh. Go ahead next, please. Our next winner is, oh, my God, this is going to be hard to say. Sharon Sharon. Oh, Sharon Sharon. Yeah, okay. New Jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One of our biggest fans. Go ahead next. All right, our next winner is the ghost of Rocky, also known as the departed squirrel whose fur now lies on Switchy's head. Oh, come on. <laughs> wow, Switch. <laughs> Long road there, brother. Where's Bullwinkle? <laughs> nice, please. Wait, we'll get this. All right. Our, our, our number one winner, or what's number one in my email, is Nancy Newbauer of North Carolina. Okay, all right. Let's have a fake Those will be copies of War of Dragons by Macaloni on sale everywhere. Wow, huh? Okay, so that's another contest under our belts, as they say. Why don't we do this? Why don't we uh, take a very, very quick break now, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Macaloni's Milletracks, our show here on the Digital Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft, or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, here we are at the end of the show. Quite a show. Um, the co-conspirators tonight are no uh, Coco, no JJ, but uh, Switchfoot. Steve is here. Switchy. Great to be here tonight. Okay. One V8 and one bologna sandwich into the day, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. You put lettuce and tomato on those bad boys or you go without? I didn't have any lettuce or tomato Okay, I'm sorry yeah. I had to ask. Okay, wow. Okay, also with us is our security chief, Willie Club. Hey, Mac. Good show tonight. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm enjoying it uh, quite a bit. Very informative. What do you get, a little TV there and you're watching the Red Sox when things aren't happening? No, the, tonight's the All-Star. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Hmm. Any Red Sox went to it? No, right? Yeah, there's some guy, a pitcher. Really? There. Yeah, wow. Well, they have to take Jansen, one from every team. Something Jansen. Yeah. They have to take one from every team. Okay, it's yeah, like being the last kid. Being like the like last kid old. Yeah. Everybody gets a trophy. Yes. We might have a Yankee <laughs> fan in on this, so watch it. Uh, okay. Uh, good uh, a friend, uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways in the Eye. Raven is with us. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. The Invisible Bun tonight. It is there. You just really can't see it. I didn't realize how dark it was in my room. <laughs> Did you see Ant-Man? Have you seen Ant-Man? No. You should see it. You'd like it. I don't watch Marvel movies. No, you, what? It's a DC, I'm a snob. I don't watch Marvel movies. It's a DC movie, for one thing. Ant-Man? Yes. No, no Ant-Man's Marvel. Yeah, that's no, Marvel. is it really? You're kidding me. Oh, I, then it sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that movie. <laughs> but Paul Rudd I thought he was a DC guy. Is, okay. All right. something. Jack Kirby did the original art. Wow, huh? Yeah. Man. That's him. Preston Dennett, UFO researcher and writer, is uh, with us, sticking with us all night. You're out in California, right? That's right, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, Reseda, or, mm-hmm. you know, San Fernando Valley. Really? Yeah. Down the valley? Residue. Us, us people who live there, but yeah, Reseda. <laughs> so, what? Uh, do you like it out there? It's too hot. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> right. And the traffic, man. Forget about it. The traffic. You would not like the Raven. It got to be oh, 120 God. degrees you know, about no. years ago. Couldn't go oh, out Oh, no. I would have packed and left that day. Yeah. Actually, it's... I wouldn't have packed. I would have just left all my stuff. I would have just gone. You wouldn't gone have made it out. <laughs> you would have gone outside. And... <laughs> oh, no. That's Are you near the beach? Are you near the beach at all? Uh, no. Well, I mean, you can drive there in yeah. a half hour or 40 minutes. Yeah, but... yeah. That's not bad. Okay. Well, actually, now it'll take you two hours. That's another reason. Yes. The traffic in Los Angeles is so effed up. You know, people like, you know, they they plan going one mile across town. They say, well, it's only take me like an hour. So this is going to be good, you know? And it takes them an hour to drive, you know, walk, walk for one thing. But an hour to go 14 miles. One hour to go 14 miles. Can you believe that? Bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, New York City is bad with traffic, but I heard that California was even worse. So I can't imagine that because I work like 3.5 miles away from my house and it takes me like 45 minutes. Wow. Huh? The voice you're hearing is the uh, history teacher, the teacher of creepy history, right? Veronica history class here. Hello, everyone. So, uh, wow. So that's good. I mean, it's good that you work near your house. Imagine if it was like an hour away, it'd be take, you know, a long way away. (laughs) I mean, Manhattan traffic is crazy too, but it's not as many cars. In LA, everyone has a car, you know what I mean? And they don't mind sitting in it for four hours to go someplace for one hour and then come back. It's 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 kind of bizarre. It's strange. And then when it is moving, it's like tens of thousands of cars moving like eighty miles an hour, which is you know scary in itself, you know. So they should have, and yeah. the reason they didn't they don't have rapid transit out there now, get ready for this. When I work for the company with the G and E uh, symbols. Did this study once, and it turns out after World War II, 
Big Rubber and Big Auto got together and they said, listen, there are a lot of people living in California. We want them to buy cars. We want, don't want them to take rapid transit. Okay, So they lobbied and they did this and they paid off people and down and stuff like that. There's no rapid transit out there. Everyone is in a car. So everyone, you know, the oil companies make out, the car companies make out, the people who make the highways make out. You know, everyone makes out except the train companies and I guess the earth, right? So, but yeah, so it's a perfect place for rapid transit. There just isn't any. Yeah, well, as long as you know the rules of driving, you're fine. Forget everything you learn in driver's training. There's only four main rules. Mm. One is you must drive as fast as you possibly can. Yes. There's no excuse for not tailgating. Okay. Red lights are optional, and texting while driving is permitted. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, okay. That sounds, sounds exactly like Massachusetts. School. I was just going to yeah. say, it sounds like Boston drives. I drove in Massachusetts, and I thought I was going to have an aneurysm. Now, listen. I was so stressed out. Yeah, and I, I, I've driven in New York my whole life, and I'm like, what is happening? What is wrong with these people? We're anxious. we got Do places to go. Do they not have a license? Uh, a history teacher of the creepy. Have you ever been to Boston? Oh, you've been to Salem. Have you been to Boston? I have not been to Boston, oh, but I've been Boston. to Salem. I was in Salem last weekend. No way. This for is Fourth uh, of July weekend for four like, nights. Yeah. Wow. We're like a half hour away from Salem. It, it, it's it's. I'll tell you. It's it's gathered uh, popularity over the past ten years. Would you say there are people? Oh, yeah. Up where we live, that rent out their rooms for people to come there on Halloween weekend, which is. Completely. Oh, I believe it. Because oh, crazy. When I used to go to Salem 10 years ago, it was nothing like what it is now. Mm-hmm. Like every year I go, I go like once or twice a year. And every year there's just more and more people. The Airbnbs are more expensive. Yep. The yeah. hotels are more expensive. I'm just like, whoa. You're in Massachusetts. Like you, you have to like find a room like a year in advance at right. this point. If you even want to be close to Salem, and, and, period. And they got a cool mayor. I travel That's with a dog, thing. so it needs to be pet friendly too. Oh. But it's not easy for it me. It will be. Don't try. The crunchy is included. I mean, they got a cool mayor who's kind of you know with it, and they I think they had some uh, not cool mayors there before. But another thing about that city, it's the it's the strangest, most complicated city to get around in. You know, because it's small and the streets are narrow, but a lot of them are one ways that shouldn't be, and a lot of rotaries and you know that kind of stuff. So Roundabouts. They're haunted. So anyway, wow, Salem, Mass. I hate roundabouts. Yep. <laughs> yeah. well, we don't have them in New York City, not that I know we of. We have them in Massachusetts. So when I see them other places, it's very confusing for me. It's very scary. It's very scary to be in, but there's a lot of them around here. See, we, we just take the MBTA. We take the train. We can take a train from Newburyport to Salem in yeah. 30 minutes, if that. If that, yeah. And you just get out and you walk around. You don't have to worry about parking the car anywhere. You don't have to worry about any right. of that crap. And, you know, you... You go and you watch all the crazies out in the street. It's like the Mardi Gras in a way, you know. I mean, but uh, but funny, and there's a lot of cool stuff down there. And I'm, yeah, I love it there. I love Salem. I would love to possibly live there one day. But when I go there, yeah, I just park my car at the hotel and I walk because yes. there's yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's what I do too. Can yeah. we guess the kind of dog you have, history teacher? Uh, German Shepherd. Oh, we were gonna oh, guess it. Okay, yeah, German Shepherd. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Is he a protector of yours? Is he? He is. He is. He's getting older now, yes. so he's becoming a grandpa dog. Uh-huh. But he's thirteen. But he still got some force in him. You know, he's not really the friendliest guy. Oh. He's friendly to me. Uh-huh. But <laughs> dogs like that. So, he'll be so tired and this and that. But when he finds something to bark at, that's like his moment. Like he gets his youth back for those yes, yes. minute or two. <laughs> Sounds like me. Yeah. When I was growing up, German shepherds were the enemy. Man, they're always just so. You know, yeah, they're up there, you know, threatening looking. 
as opposed yeah. to a collie, which is, you know, not threatening. See, I bought a Great Dane, and then whenever I went away on business, I never had to worry about leaving my wife alone hmm. because the dog would lose his mind. Any man went near her. Huh. He was crazy. Except you? He, he tolerated me. He tolerated <laughs> two of my friends who drank with him. And uh, he didn't yeah. like my father-in-law, which I showed, showed good taste. But I had two friends that used to drink with him. Like, drink with the would, dog? Yeah, they would pour him Jack Daniels. and he, Jack. They'd, they'd give him shots of Jack Daniels, and he'd lick the shot glass afterwards. Like me. And then you know, my wife would come home from work, and there are my you know, two drunken idiot friends, and the dog is like out on the floor. And she'd look at them and go, really? Really? You, you had to do that to the dog? And they're like, we had no choice. He took, he took it upon himself to drink. And, oh, no. uh, but whenever I went away... To get that dog, you know, to get her, you'd have to go through the dog. And he would, he had zero tolerance for men. Wow. I shaved off a beard one time and the dog came after me because he didn't know who I was. Oh, he didn't recognize me. It's better you. and better. I yeah. told you about my German chef, what happened, right? That the sad story. I told you that. No. Don't tell. Listen, it. does the dog die? No. Okay. You know, they say you don't promise? give a dog chicken bones, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Al's laughing. Wow. No, you don't. It's kind of cold. <laughs> And, you know, my stupid brother gives him, you know, a chicken to eat, and he gets a, a bone caught in his throat. So he's, like, oh, running around yeah. the house going crazy, you know. So luckily the woman across the street from us worked in a veterinarian place. So we run over and we get her. The dog's hot for him, and she says, get a, a little bit of gasoline and give it to him slowly, <laughs> and it'll, dis <laughs> it'll dissolve the bone in his throat. So it's like the last, you know, I mean, you know, the poor dog is on his way out, so we try anything. And he get up, he walked around, and then he just, like, fell over. Mac Maloney. <laughs> I just asked you, what, what happens to it? the dog? He, he ran out of gas. Come on. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. Hey, we had eight minutes to kill. Oh, my God. He ran out of gas. You are terrible. He ran out of gas. That's so not funny. Really? <laughs> no. Should, should we cut it out that way? You no needed eight minutes. Like okay. They love the pictures that I post of Switchy's cats. Oh. They love the pictures of my dogs. They're not going to like that. Okay. All right. Well, yin yang. Sorry. See, my cats are yeah, your friendly. Cats, you know? Your cats are insane. Listen, on that, why don't we – oh, Switch has already put up the, uh, the image wreck. of the train wreck. Uh, I want to thank everyone uh, for joining us tonight. First of all, I want to thank President Bennett for joining us, UFO researcher and author, over 30 books, right? Thanks. Yeah, that's right. Soon to be 31. Is it all typing? Or do you, have you tried that dictation thing yet? <laughs> I've tried it. No, it doesn't work for me. Doesn't, doesn't work for work. me either. Yeah, doesn't. I, mean, I use any. dictation on my job for certain notes, and it's horrible. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just our program, but it's yeah. Amazing. I mean, it's easier just to type it out, right? I think so. Well, Sometimes. I come from the days where before computers, so yes, we used to do longhand. Longhand. Type, I don't know how people ever use typewriters, honestly. Well, wow. other way yeah. to go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so well, um, we'll be looking forward to your next book. And, um, you know, talk to us. Uh, I mean, come on. Hang on. Come back on real soon, okay? President Dennett. Let's give him a round of applause. Come on. He stuck so. with us. He is smiling. Looking forward to your new book. Yes. And <laughs> Appreciate he's that. Time. Thanks very much. Thank you, President. Yes, thank you for joining us. Um, history teacher of the creepy, Veronica. Please give us yeah. the name of your uh, website. Oh, President, what's the name of your website? I'm sorry. Where can people get in uh, touch? Just, just punch my name in. It should take you there. It's PrestonDennett.Weebly.com. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Preston Dennett. Just put that into Google. Um, yeah. I'll put all that on our Instagram, too. So anyone that's looking will be able to find it. Super dope. Okay. 
History yeah. teacher, tell us your the your website. I don't have a website, but I have a TikTok and an Instagram, and it's creepy history class, and that's all. <laughs> you can see what the era I'm from. So once again, what's the name of them? The what? What's the name of the TikTok and the? Creepy history class. Okay. So um, yeah. Hmm. Are you in this by yourself, or do you have partners? It's just me. Really? Yeah. And you jump in a car, and you go here and there. I mean, sometimes I have friends come along, or I drag my poor old mother along with me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> huh? Your mother. I'm seeing <laughs> yeah. a uh, reality series here. Really? Do you have like does a Does she like it, or does she just kind of like tolerate it? <laughs> she helps me video stuff. Okay. So she enjoys that. Yeah. Cute. She's Very like cute. technical Exeter. support. <laughs> she, talking about the Exeter UFO. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Hey. I love it. Uh, you should come up to the Exeter UFO Festival. Have you ever heard of that? Where is it? It's in Exeter, New Hampshire, where the... Um, the hills? You know, the uh, oh, Betty and Bonnie Hill were near here, but the Exeter incident. I would really want to go to that. Yeah, incident in Exeter. It's on uh, Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Yep. Oh. A lot of uh, yeah. famous stars. In uh, September. Right. I'm going to be away that weekend, oh, So, well, listen, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and we'll um, make arrangements for you to get a Ouija board. But you have oh, to yes. promise thank to you. use it thank and you. then come back on and, and tell us. thank you for having me on. What happened, okay? Will you ask uh, the uh, score of the next Super Bowl? It's a long way away. Would you do that for us? <laughs> I feel like it might tell me. Yes, I do too. I'm getting <laughs> that vibe from you. Thank you very much for joining us. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, club. Let's start with Club. Thank you, Club, for joining us. Mac, a lot of fun tonight. Was it really? Um, but I want to ask you, you're sending out, you're going to have him send a Ouija board? Yes. Can well, you get Candyland for me? Well, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. We put that request in writing, and I'll send it down to Phil. Which I... All right. Yeah, it's pretty spooky, but I like it. Okay. okay. Right. A little slice of uh, Club's life. Um, also, um, Switchy, thanks for joining us. Switch, switch play. With my pleasure. Okay, we appreciate it. What are you going to have for breakfast tomorrow? Not another VA, you know. Oh, no, no. I'll have to have something a little more substantive. Yes, good. Like biscuits and gravy. Yeah, oh, thanks for rubbing it in there, pal. Uh, also, uh, thank you, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Hey, uh, glad to be here, Mac. Getaway driver. Yeah. Okay, thanks for joining us. And you and your bees give us, tell you bees that we said yeah, we'll, uh, hello. We're hoping, yeah. His bees make the best honey I've ever had. I mean, you know, I'm not just pulling you in because uh, you'll probably pick up the bill tonight, but we'll see how people they rave do. about your honey. Yeah. Apparently, no one listening here, yeah, no. But, so, anyway, thank you everyone for listening to us. And now, uh, Raven, do we say goodbye to you? No. We always have to save the best for last. Raven, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was great. Mm-hmm. Was it really? You- Except for the, the dog joke. The dog yes. incident. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm never going to forget about that. Except the dog really? running out of gas. Never. Come on. Yeah, it's that's going to keep me up at night. I'll cry about that at 3 in the morning. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know what to say now. I feel about Homestrat Troops. <laughs> Homestrat Troops is an organization that raises funds, uh, charity funds for our combat veterans in post 9 11 action, meaning the Iraqi war and also the war in Afghanistan. They come home probably missing a limb or so. And um, it's just hard to get back into. You know, everyday life with that situation going on. Now, they gave these things uh, parts of their lives, important parts of their lives for us. So what Homes for Our Troops does is they build homes, um, I mean, really substantial homes, and they build them adapted to uh, the veterans' uh, needs, let's say. So um, let's say lower counter space, no stairs, wider doorways, things like that, uh, to help them kind of get along in life. And when the um, house is completed, they rip up the mortgage, give them the key, they give it to them free. 
and they can go out and you know uh, get a job and you know, feel like they're a part of society again. Homes for our troops, ninety cents on your dollar goes right to our veterans. We've gone to a couple uh, events now that they run. They're a great organization. Homes for our troops. They've built. 350 of these homes, Al. Can you believe this? It's a lot of houses. The, the problem is is that their waiting list is over 1,000. So Homes for Our Troops, please Google and see what they're about. And that's it. I just want to thank everyone for joining us tonight and for listening. And so this is Mac for the entire gang saying, until next time, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>